Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite post show for November 29th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on my Wednesday evening. Wherever you may be joined by my obvious obviously injured and next strong good friend of mine tritown jesse what's going on man jd adam jesse jd Where were you when I needed a friend? I had every punk stand attacking me. uh, 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 What are are you drinking over there, bro? I see a Pepsi on your desk. Hey, hey, hey. It's not a Pepsi. That's water. It's water. It's not a Pepsi. If you see, it's clear. Ah, okay. It's pure life, not Pepsi. That's, That's crystal Pepsi. I know they brought that back. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> oh, that was the worst. Oh, my God, man. How many of you guys remember Crystal Pepsi, man? Oh, my God. I feel like man. a fucking, I feel like a, a dinosaur mentioning that, man. Holy shit. I didn't know that it was illegal to not watch WWE programming. I learned this this week. What does that shirt say? I love sarcasm. Yeah. I love sarcasm. Oh, man. It's like punching people in the face with words. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I do that every day. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, Listen, man, we we got uh, a business to take care of here. Uh, Apparently, you're you're injured. Apparently, you got into some uh, social media shenanigans with uh, the punk elitists this weekend. These people are real, man. I know. I deal with it every day, bro. They are worse than day. the. They're worse than the Swifties. I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. They are worse than. Get me worried the, for a second, man. I thought you weren't going to come on the show tonight. Yeah, I was not going to make it, but I refused to follow the doctor's orders. My doctor said I should not be here, and I have chosen to be here. To do my job and do business. Okay. I pre I appreciate the chat. Appreciate you. Okay. Dynamite tonight, man. Listen. Let's get right into it. Not for the fun and games here, man. Um Jesus fucking Christ. I got I got I listen. I gotta find a new co-host, man. Somebody somebody's gotta be in this fucking place that uh 
Maybe has a new lead on a new co-host or something. Please, someone, you, someone in AEW, can you get me somebody that's a little bit more professional, please? Get this fucking thing Half off. of you people don't even fucking like this guy, man. I know you're here for me. Oh, oh he's, he's he's healed. He's miraculously healed. Feel better. Oh, my God. Feel better. That's a shoot, man. That's a shoot. JD knows last couple of weeks I've not been doing well, man. No. Not no, been doing good. well. He's, uh, he's good today. I'm much better. Yeah. I'm ready to rock and roll. Apparently, um, unlike my 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 colleagues here, I am uh, able to keep my clothes on, my my hat if I want to wear my hat. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because I wasn't the one stupid enough to make one-sided wagers on a pro wrestling event. Listen, uh, man, nobody wants to see me with my shirt off, okay? The hat was the most innocent thing because it's my it's it's my gimmick, okay? I, I wear I a hat thought, every I wear I sleep with a fucking hat on. I saw you out here with no hat, Drew coming out with no shirt. I thought you was gonna have you have pants on under that fucking desk, bro. I I, I yes, I do. Yes. I mean I have I have shorts on. I have my doctor disrespect shorts on, yes. Jeez Louise, bro. What is going on out here, man? I don't, I don't know, man. N N Naked, Naked Drew was a little fucking too what much for me, man. Listen, he, he was in jeans, okay? Okay. Speaking of him, happy birthday to uh, my guy, Drew. He's actually at the show tonight. I believe he's at the Rampage tapings. God bless his, God bless his soul on that one. You know, he's got to sit through fucking Drew. Rampage. Um, Drew. Listen, man, like I usually do with Drew, I'm going to do with you here tonight. Uh, Dynamite, I thought, was a very, very good show tonight. Very focused. Two of their biggest storylines, probably two of the only storylines that they have right now, are being played out masterfully. Love what's going on. What do you want to start off with tonight? What do you want to talk about? Uh, tell you what, I'll, let me redirect that back to you for a half second, and then I'll get into it. Do we want to stay on track for tonight, or do we want to address the elephant that I have not personally addressed yet? Well, you know, you, you know, you know what we'll do. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a call here because uh, I think a lot of people want to hear us talk about uh, the show, and I don't want to really take up a, a huge chunk of the beginning of the show talking about uh, Pepsi Man right on uh, showing up uh, on Monday and then cutting a fucking lame and half-assed promo for five minutes after waiting three hours through a fucking terrible show. Uh, right we, will, we will talk about that at the end of the show. We'll do like WWE did. They made us wait for nothing. Make them wait to the end. And then uh, you guys will uh, get Jesse. And, and again, my opinion on uh, the situation with Punk and him coming back and why Jesse doesn't watch the E. Oh, my God. And why he will not be watching the E with Pepsi men back, so. I actually have a very logical reason for it. I mean, I'm sure you do. I know what it is because you texted me this weekend. Yeah, yeah, man. So. Yeah. All right, man. What do, do to, what, what do you want to talk about tonight on uh, on Dynamite? And uh, I thought tonight was a very good show. The theme of tonight on Dynamite was pro wrestling first. Did you get that? Pro wrestling first, yes. Pro wrestling first, man. We focused on the tournament tonight. We got. Phenomenal wrestling. We got, um, admittedly, not a whole lot of storyline progression, although the most important storyline in the company right now took a huge step forward. Um, so with that being said, let's start off with the wrestling. Swerve and Jay White. Yeah. 
Excellent main event. Fantastic match. Excellent main event. Fantastic match. Oh, but, uh, but, uh, uh, Jay White is buried, man. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, I mean. Absolutely buried. Still, still, still hearing it, you know. I mean, let's, they'll get over it at some point, man. And that's not about getting over it. They'll they'll realize that he's actually not buried. So no, no, there's no way. Jay there's White no, there's buried, no way. Nobody will be here before me and you complaining about Jay White. No, there's no, there's no way a, a wrestler of that caliber, a man of that caliber, that talented, is is going to be buried by uh, by anybody. I mean, it's just ridiculous to even say. Yeah, 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 yeah. So these guys, look, man. Maybe a lot of these people don't know, but. Um, because maybe they're not familiar with Jay White's past, but I don't expect anything less than what we got from Jay White tonight in that ring. And for those who are just now getting familiar with it, they are learning that 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 kill shot, aka Swerve Strickland, is just as capable as Jay White. And they put on a clinic tonight for a TV main event. Um, they told a story. There was no outside interference. I thought that was key and important in, in the quality that we got in this wrestling match, and it was still interesting. Mm-hmm. No shenanigans, nothing like that. It was just the bell is going to ring. Two phenomenal wrestlers are going to put on a wrestling match. The match is going to end, and that's going to be the end of that particular story, with the overall story being the tournament itself. So... It appears to me that the winner of this tournament should be labeled or tagged such as being one of the best technical wrestlers in the world because what we're getting is fantastic wrestling matches out of this tournament, much like a King of the Ring type-esque type deal. You know what I'm saying? Yep. The um, world championship and things like that nature can be won through nefarious means, could be interference, could be, you know, cheating, could be this, could be that. Storyline comes into play sometimes. With this tournament, the best wrestler is going to be crowned, and that's what I'm on board for with this tournament. Yeah, I uh, I am loving this tournament so far through two weeks. Um, I was thinking tonight in regards to watching this tournament, I, I thought tonight was better than last week. On dynamite, I thought the matches were a lot better this week than they were last week. The the only thing that I will say about this tournament is Tony Khan kind of lied to us about choosing the twelve best. And I know this has been documented by not only me but a lot of other people. I, I listen. Daniel Garcia is a fantastic pro wrestler, but he's not one of AEW's best, especially with the way he's been presented on TV. Jay Jay Lethal is a fantastic pro wrestler, but he is. In, in, in all sense of the word, and I mean absolutely zero disrespect, the way AEW has treated him is a jobber. And Mark Briscoe, don't have a negative thing to say about Mark Briscoe ever, but he's also there to eat L's. Now, with what they did tonight, we had Moxley and Swerve, the two biggest names in this tournament. Jay White's also a big name. Uh, Moxley, he went in there and wrestled Jay Lethal tonight, and, and then Swerve wrestled Jay White. The thing is, Jesse, with this tournament, Tony Khan gave us an upset on Collision. Brody King beat Eddie Kingston. Now, you know, I don't know why people are calling that an upset in, in any fucking 
logical manner, I would take Brody King over Eddie Kingston seven days out of seven days. I don't think that's, yeah, that's an. Not, uh, that's uh, not an upset. I don't think that's an upset. I don't know why people are calling that an upset. Eddie Kingston's fucking great, but if you look at the size of both men, you would think at the end Brody King would come out on top. So I, I don't consider that an upset. So please stop saying it is an upset. Tony, maybe, Con- in, maybe, in, maybe, in, maybe in terms of a kayfabe upset yeah. because Eddie was holding two belts. Yes, but. So. Realistically, it's not an upset. What Tony Khan needs to do tonight, he could have did it last week. He should have did it this week, being that he didn't do it last week. He could have had either one of the weeks to do something unpredictable. Jay Lethal should have beat John Moxley tonight. Or Jay Lethal should have got a win last week and proven to be an upset, you know, over uh, Jay White or whoever he wrestled last week. Now I could say the same thing about Swerve and and Jay White tonight in the main event. Everybody is picking Swerve to win this tournament. He's probably going to be there in the end. One loss is not going to eliminate him from being in the finals of this tournament. Jay White, nobody nobody picked him to win this match tonight. I would have loved to see Jay White win this match because everybody wanted or or thought Swerve was going to win. Moxley, he won last week. Why couldn't Moxley lose this week? What What about Mark Briscoe? Mark Briscoe should have got a win. Oh, he wrestled Mark Briscoe last week. Uh, Mark Briscoe beating John Moxley would have been fucking fantastic. Imagine what that would have did to his momentum in the tournament. You know, you want to make a tournament unpredictable, blah, 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 all this other bullshit that he's spewing. That's the type of shit I want to see. I don't think we've seen one upset in this tournament yet. Yeah, And and that's that's the problem. he's, he's, He's booking this tournament, again, just like every other tournament that he's booked. He's put his favorites in there. And his favorites are coming out on top. Or in this case, Swerve, who's the hottest guy in pro wrestling right now, he's coming out on top because he has to. But, I mean, we're in a round-robin tournament. You, you know, you, you lose, you, you just go and do the same thing next week. Well, why can't we get an upset? We haven't got one upset here, and I'm waiting for an upset, and I'm waiting for how this tournament is different than any, every other tournament Tony Khan has done, and he hasn't done that yet. See, um, I'm not going to do that. At least not yet. I can't do that in the first round of a round robin tournament, which which makes it even worse because just because you lost your first match doesn't mean you're out of the tournament or you're not going to win the tournament. I want to see what the overall story is that he is trying to tell with this tournament. So it's kind of hard to criticize it and break it down we're a good one round into it. Not to mention, I don't want, you know, anyone over there who may or may not be watching this show to be influenced by how we feel out of the first round and start changing up any long-term plans no. that maybe they may or may not have had. No, we... Let's see what he's got. We understand it's two weeks. I'm, ju- yeah. I'm just saying, you know, tournaments like this should be unpredictable. And I feel like we're, we're taking the safe road right now. I mean, I want a little bit of a bumpy ride. I want to be like, oh, sh- oh shit, Mark Briscoe just beat John Moxley. Everybody just picked Swerve to win this turn. Wow, Swerve lost already. And you would think coming out of a Texas death match and the match that he had with Paige that he would be kind of reeling and maybe the injuries are causing him to uh, maybe slow his momentum down and he's injured or or something like that. Yet he's won his first two matches in this tournament. I mean... I, again, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with, you know, the... Be us wanting the you know the surprise and the upsets things like that. But again, well, I'm trying to put this in light of other tournaments. If you ever watched an 
if you ever watched an NCAA tournament, it doesn't really get exciting until, you know, at least like the, the Elite Eight, you know, maybe the Sweet 16. I mean, round one, relax, you know, wild card round of the playoffs, the NFL. I mean, we, we're just getting the ball rolling. We're not going to – you have the, – the, the higher up you begin – the harder it is, the top it. You can only come down. Now, is that Let's is that a good it. is that a good analogy? I mean, how many how many teams are in the NCAA tournament? 30, 30, 32, 36? 64. 64? I mean, bro, you're not gonna get a sixth, you're not gonna get uh a sixty-fourth seed to beat a number one seed. You're not gonna you're not gonna do that. Yeah, I mean it's I mean that, that the number one team has to have an absolutely fucking shit night. Or maybe it's thirty two to a point thirty two, whatever. Yeah, the the number one team team is gonna have to have a fucking complete. They, they they almost have to forget how to play basketball. Yeah, I mean, but in 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 all likelihood, the number one seed is gonna fly through until you get to the nitty gritty of it and where the, where the competition really comes in, and and that's that's the reality of any playoff bracket, anything like that. The number one, the best team in the league, normally is not going to struggle with the worst. Now, has it happened? Sure. But all likelihood, the number one seed is not going to struggle until you get down to the top eight, top four, or something like that. And that's when it gets super exciting because then the better teams are facing the better teams. And you get what I'm saying, man. If you start off this high with that kind of momentum and excitement in the first round, bro, you got to keep trying to top yourself. Let them gradually get to... The crescendo here. We don't want to start a tournament off and then be like, okay, now we got to get better. Top that. I don't want to start up here and then go down here. I want to start here at base and say, okay, we're getting just straight up wrestling. That's what we're getting. Great wrestling, great matchups here and there. The obvious one. Let's see what we get on the next round. Things like that. Like, ooh, stakes are up. Okay, we got two threes facing. What's going to happen here? I mean, we can't... Start at the crescendo and then try to get better. It's going to fail at the end. I, don't, I mean, I don't listen. I get what you're saying. I don't really think that matters at all. Moxley lost to Orange Cassidy. I mean, he, he came into the tournament losing a match. Swerve, you know, came in fucking who knows what, who, who knows what's wrong with him. I mean, following full gear. Should he have won his next two matches after that? I mean, I don't know. But like you said, there is story, and it is two weeks. I'm not I, – I, it's just a concern and something no. that I was thinking about. But there is story in this tournament. Swerve, is he going to be man? Is he going to be able and manage yeah. himself to go all the way to the end with the fucking injuries that he accumulated coming out of full gear? Danny Garcia, is he going to be the professional wrestler that we know he is and, and shed this sports entertainment gimmick? Brian's got the eye injury. We got the Blackpool Combat Club situation. Three members of the Blackpool Combat Club are in this tournament. What is going to be with them at the end of this tournament? And, you know, you got the Jay White situation. He's a great pro wrestler. You got Rushin in there who's a wild card. There are stories in this thing. Brody King, a part of the House of Black. Everybody wants to see more House of Black. He's in there. Don't know why Malachi's not there, but he's in there. But there are there are stories here. And hopefully, like you said, in, in weeks two, three, four, and we got a whole fucking month to go. We got uh, eight or nine different Ooh. shows left. So, yeah, I'm sure Tony Khan's now, got something up his sleeve. Now, at the end of this tournament, if it doesn't pan out and go well, we will absolutely yeah. go back and start from round one. I'll say, and go, okay, if this is what we were going to get when it was all said and done, then let's go back. Why didn't we get this and this in round one? Yeah. 
and this in round two, you know, then we're going to go back and dissect that shit. As a matter of fact, we should make that a segment. We're going to go back and dissect the tournament from the very beginning all the way through once yep. it's over. Yeah. But as it happens, they might have a story that they're telling, man. Who? How come this person is not in the tournament? Maybe they're hurt. Maybe they're hurt. You know, we don't know. I mean, injuries are literally flying through that locker room like fucking war. I mean, we I mean, we don't know. Yeah. So let's see what they give us before we say this should have been, should have been. How how can we sit and say this should have been when we don't know where they're going with it? Yeah, Dagger in the chat. Dagger 43 makes a very good point. He said, the higher the stakes, the more intriguing it will be. The upsets will be more meaningful. Yeah. You know, I could see that. I could see that being a thing at the end of the tournament when, uh, you know, it, it does really become a win or go home situation. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's it. just it's just a minor concern. Just thinking about what we've seen over the last two weeks. John Moxley can absolutely afford a loss. He's bulletproof. Swerve can lose because we would understand with him coming out of full gear. He's also been bulletproof lately. These guys are probably going to be there at the end. So, we don't know uh, what's going to happen here. We still have a whole month left to go. I'm enjoying what Tony Khan has produced so far. I think this tournament's been fucking great. Collision looks amazing on Saturday with the matches that we got from the Blue Block. So um, yeah. we I, will I think, uh, follow it. Continue. I, I think at some point, everyone is going to lose in this tournament. Yeah. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I believe. I don't think every. I don't think anyone's gonna go through undefeated. Um, I think the winner of the tournament is probably gonna have one loss, and when they win the tournament, the person that is that one loss is gonna have a gripe. Like, hey, mofo. Yeah. You know, I'm the one that beat you. You know, yeah. I think I deserve some kind of rematch for this stipulation that you won. Think, you know, what I'm saying, story comes out of. Yeah. So let's see. Yeah, I'm excited about it, and uh, I've. Thoroughly enjoyed the tournament so far. So tonight we got Swerve beating Jay White. Excellent main event. I thought it was actually going to go to time limit. Justin Roberts did count down. Uh, he did notify the crowd that there was five minutes left to go. And literally within the next minute, Swerve got a uh, fluky pin on Jay White. And he gets another three points tacked on to his overall total. John Moxley beat Jay Lethal tonight in the open of the show. And then Roosh beats... Uh, Mark Briscoe, which I thought was a fantastic match. So all three matches were very good. Obviously, the main event being the best. I thought Roosh and Mark Briscoe had a fantastic match as well. Moxley and Jay Lethal had the lesser of the three matches tonight on Dynamite. And we will get into how all those matches broke down in just a little bit. The other big thing that happened tonight is MJF 
Got some MJF news, man. Some sad MJF news. Hopefully it's not as uh, serious as everybody's making it out to be. Obviously, the only one that knows that is Max himself. But he's got a torn labrum in a good old tweet and delete. Don't know why he even put that out there. Uh, we don't really deserve to know that news, nor does uh, Meltzer or Sap or any of these other fucking geeks in the community. But uh, people obviously screenshotted it because uh, they dwell on social media and have no lives. Torn labrum, bro. It doesn't require surgery. Apparently, he's been dealing with the injury since 2020, as far as I know, uh, via the reports that I read. And he's got a bum hip. So he's going into World's End banged up, which I'm trying to look at the positives here. It, it, it does make the match with Samoa Joe a little bit more unpredictable because if MJF is really banged up, the likelihood of him losing the championship right now has absolutely increased. And I don't really have a problem with Samoa Joe winning the championship if there was a guy to choose on that roster right now. I have no problems with Samoa Joe holding the AW World title, but I think we all know it's not Max's time yet, whether he's injured or not. Like, it, it's just a shitty situation because I, I don't think Max loses the championship to Samoa Joe, and I think you and I are on the same page. The only one that really should take that title from MJF, depending on how the injury is, if it's fucking legit or if it's a complete work like I still believe it is, Adam Cole is the only one that should take that belt off MJF. Yeah, I, the way the the way the situation has has panned out, Adam Cole should be the um the next world champion. But again, yeah. you got to go where the injuries are taking you, and, and, you know, and what and what's given to you. And it looks like you know, it's like Adam Cole is hurt, and the the goal was to wait and have MJF finish the feud when Cole came back but now MJF is hurt yeah so just so happens Adam Cole I'm not I'm, I'm sorry not Adam Cole it just so happens that MJF was in multiple feuds and quite a few people could be easily interjected in the same storylines they were already in to become world champion you know due to injury and it looks like some what Joe might benefit from that um it's not the end of the world it's not the end of the world, and I see a, I see a possibly even a good thing coming from this, if it works out that way. If it works out that MJF is too banged up, and if it works out that Joe is going to become champion because MJF needs some rest, well, by the time MJF comes back, guess what? It's twenty twenty four. Maybe they start this bidding war twenty twenty four storyline with with MJF and TK. You know, maybe they shift a little bit, you know, who knows, who knows, but, um, injuries suck, man, especially at the top of your card. They suck for your long-term booking. Tony Khan has been plagued by these more often than not at the top of his card. And side note, maybe there wouldn't be so many injuries at the top of your card. If you were a little bit safer with your spots and everything else, like me and JD have been saying. But yeah. Well, I mean, forget, we, 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 we shouldn't be talking about work rate, bro. We, 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 we aren't really uh, experts in that field. If you get what I'm saying, you know? I digress. I'm not saying, and, but look, and listen, all, listen, and, and, at the end, end of the day, bro, Adam at the Cole end of the day, yes. Jumping over a fucking set of stairs, uh, uh, coming down a fucking ridiculous. And, and, and MJF fucking aggravated his labrum because of a fucking stupid urinage off the top rope, which if you didn't do it, wasn't gonna make the match any worse. Like, I don't yeah. really get it. The fact that you did it, it looks cool, but should you really be putting him through something like that after he's already wrestled in the last two pay per views twice? 
Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. You, you could minimize the risks a little bit more, but at the end of the day, yeah, Adam Cole got hurt coming down from a fucking platform. I, I mean, told you, I know, I knew that elbow drop off the fucking top rope through the already damaged table was going to be something that, looked, that we were going to come back to. I'm like, I, I was looking at, I was watching the fucking show when we watch it, man. We came on live, and I told you, I'm like, Max, don't do it, don't do it. This, yeah, you're that looks shitty. When you he did you it. are a fucking lunatic, man. It looked shitty. It, it looked. It looked unsafe when he did it because clearly the spot was not designed to go that way because no. he was supposed no. to be on the table. Yeah, and he did the it table anyway. Collapsed. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was a decision in the moment. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it, but, it I mean, shouldn't have look, happened. Shit, shit. Adam Adam Cole got hurt coming from a platform. Fucking Punk broke his foot leaping into the crowd. You know, you know, the, into the crowd with his fans. By the way. I heard he didn't leap into the crowd in WWE this time. He stayed his ass right there. Oh the no, he yeah. had uh, he had the ball and chain wrapped around his uh, his ankle. <laughs> you you, 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 right you, you just didn't see it. Around. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, listen, you know, we can sit here and talk about injuries and all that stuff. Uh, it, it, it's happened. And how is AEW? How is AEW going to take what we have right now and, and reroute? I feel like they've been rerouting their plans and changing plans along the way. You know, it makes me wonder, you know, we're going to look back on this a year from now, two years from now, when this is all wrapped up and, and say, what if everything went according to plan? How would this play out? How would the devil reveal play out? What would the real storyline be? Where would MJF and Adam Cole be now after All In if Adam Cole didn't get injured at Grand Slam? You know, a lot of what ifs here. So, you know, it's really, you know, Tony Khan and the uh, and the creative team, they are spending uh, hours after work, hour after hour after hour, extra hours overtime here in the office trying to come up with a logical way to end this storyline. And, and like I said, Jesse, with Drew yesterday on TNT, it's almost now that MJF has revealed he's got a torn labrum, he's got a bum, bum hip, and the likelihood of him losing the championship is a real possibility now at World's End. The devil reveal almost has to come now because we don't really know the severity of the injury and we don't know if he's going to require surgery. We, we don't know. Or how long he's going to be inactive as the world champion. We can't have an inactive world champion. So they may actually speed up the devil reveal and we actually may get it at World's End, which I honestly thought was the right move anyway if he wasn't even hurt. Let me tell you what, what my personal, personal feelings are right now about the situation that we're getting right now. I feel that, well, not, this is not what I feel, but we know that MJF is hurt, okay? That we know. I feel that MJF has taken a stance in light of recent events involving his company to put AEW on his goddamn back no matter what and get them through this situation that is currently going on. I believe that, and and, that, and I think that's why this match was announced. I think that's why MJF is on Twitter saying, hey, motherfuckers, I, I see and hear what's going on. I don't like the comments being made. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to put this fucking company on my back and we're going to get to where we need to be. I think MJF is not going to let this injury stop him from putting this company in the position that he wants it in while he is world champion. If MJF is this hurt, clearly MJF is not going to go in this match next week. Yeah. But he'll be he'll be in it. All right. Joe will do the fucking grunt of it and Joe will whoop some fucking ass and MJF will be on the show, which is all we need out of MJF. Yeah. 
That's all we need out of MJF. I don't think MJF does a legit wrestling match into World's End. You know, that, that that's what I believe. I don't know. I don't have any sources in the fucking back. But I don't think MJF is willing to sit at home and heal while all this shit is being talked about his fucking company while he's at the forefront of it. That's not what he's going to do. No. He's going to go out there and put in any kind of work he can because he loves pro wrestling. Yeah, no, he said he said tonight, I believe every fucking word he said, he, the, his, his arm would have to fucking fall off in, in that match for uh, for him to, to not show up and, and defend that championship. You know, he, like, he's, he's going, his body needs to physically break down. It doesn't matter. Like, he's going yeah. to go into World's End at the Nassau Coliseum, defend that title, and if he's got fucking four or five other injuries on top of what he's dealing with now, he don't give a shit. He, he's going to yeah. go in there, and, and because this is his spot, and, you know, this is his company, he's the face of the company, and that's how prideful he is in the body of work that he's created, and what that championship truly does mean to him. It's, it's, not, it's not a work. It's, it's a shoot when he says it's the most important thing in his life. So yes. um, it, it's going to be a very interesting situation to see develop. Now, with what we got tonight, I was a little confused because I thought it was uh, my TV. I thought it was TNT, TBS. We got, it, it was like a six to seven minute just blackout after uh, what had happened. We got the goons. These uh, these devil uh, servants, merchants, whatever the fuck you want to call them, out there, the, the, the Foot Clan, they're in masks. We don't know who they are. One guy was a big guy. One guy was a big guy. <laughs> Wardlow. <clears throat> Looked like Wardlow. Um, he was holding a baseball bat. They had MJF tied down. They were holding him up. Out comes Samoa Joe. He clears house, and then the fucking TV went black. And then all of a sudden, we see this writing show up on the screen, on the black screen. It's like some hacker bullshit. I thought I was watching fucking old school uh, Solomon Crow in NXT or uh, Mustafa Ali, hacker gimmick in WWE. And no, Ali's not the fucking devil. Stop saying it, please. I see it all over social media. Um, Next week, they want, or the devil and the group, wants MJF and Samoja to wrestle the unknown, Jesse. The unknown. So next week, we're getting a tag team match. And MJF agreed to it. Samoa Joe did not want to take this match because Max is not healthy, and he's vowed to have Max healthy going into World's End. But Max then said he vowed to unmask them next week, which has got my ears perked up, and that's a huge selling point next week. Are we going to get some reveals next week? We may not get the reveal, clearly, but we may get... get who's under uh, mask number one or mask number two. I- I'm very intrigued by what we got going on here because the fact that they did this segment tonight and he said that, something's happening next week, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it, it seems like we're going to get, it seems like we're going to get an appetizer to this meal. Right? It seems like we're going to get a little nugget. We're going to get a little something to eat before we get our devil reveal. Um, We'll probably leave with more questions than answers, but we'll get a little something. And I think that's a nice little breadcrumb to get us to where we want to go. Um, I'm on board with not, you know, jumping the gun on this devil reveal. But like I've said before, you got to give us something. Yeah. You got to give us something. And that's what they're doing now. Now they're giving us a little something to hold us over. That I can appreciate. Um, I think Joe is going to, is, is going to, pick up the slack and 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 get some more time at the top with all of these injuries going on with Joe being over this could potentially 
potentially turn Samoa Joe into a babyface champion at the end of the day when this is said and done. Very well could be. I mean, the way he's he, the way his intention has never changed. He's still Joe the fucking killer coming after the fucking title. But in the meantime, in the buildup, he's going to help protect the babyface world champion. And who knows? This could lead to Joe becoming a babyface world champion dealing with the devil reveal while MJF takes his break for his injuries and things like that. We shall see. Um, or at least, I, at least he'll be a tweener. Yeah, at, at the very yeah, at the, yeah. At the very yeah, at the very least. Oh, absolutely. Which is which is pretty much Joe in a nutshell. Who hates Joe? You know, nobody hates Joe. Nobody. It's, I mean, please. So I like the uncertainty. I like the unpredictability. I like the fact that I'm still interested in it. You know, because I've seen so many long term storylines get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm just I just don't care. You know, and that is the key word in any story you're telling care your audience has to fucking care yeah when you get people out there saying who's the devil is it jack perry no is it punk no it's probably mjf no it can't be mjf it has to be cold it has to be the. Well, it's probably this person people care people are talking about it and people care so it's already doing well all right all we need is a like i said a little breadcrumb but at the end of the day we need a fantastic payoff and congratulations, you just completed a long-term storytelling. It, it may be it may be multiple people involved here. You know, I got myself thinking, after Britt's tweet tonight, you know, she complained about the MJF getting uh, mic time and Christian getting mic time, and she got no mic time. Like, all right, woman, what are you, what are you cooking up over there? Like, why are you, why are you so... Vo- You're not on TV, clearly. Where the fuck are you? And, and why are you so... Uh, why are you so amped up on social media about certain things that are happening on the show. Is Britt a part of it? Could be. If Adam Cole's a part of it, Britt, I could definitely see being a part of it. And, and, you know, I don't think it really sat well with Britt when MJF used to make fun of her being a pillar of AEW. He always put that down. So that could certainly play into the aspect there. You know, Adam Cole's obviously my choice. Roddy and the Kingdom, they could be a part of this. And you know, we can get like uh, a fucking super group of undisputed era or whatever, whatever you want to call it in AEW. And, and then Tony Khan is also, he's also got to be in, this, in the discussion. I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and tell you that I think Tony Khan is the devil, but a lot of people were like, well, who's making the match? Like, you know, the, the devil is writing on the big screen, making matches. I mean, is he, is he the fucking uh, new uh, head of creative? What's going on? I mean, you can't have this fucking renegade rogue. Making mad. Who's making the matches? No, they right? covered that well. They covered that well. The, the 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 devil presented a match, and then the commentators said that during the break, Tony Khan approved this match. Oh, did they? Okay, I yeah, walked. I walked away did. after the segment was over because the, I thought my TV was fucked up. But uh, okay, I mean, still, you got you got to talk about Tony Khan possibly being you know a part of this storyline yeah, as well, just him. based off what happened last year in Los Angeles with MJF calling him a fucking Mark and blah blah blah, and, and, and then Wardlow. You know, I know a lot of people picked up on it. I saw it, too. I just found it very funny how Wardlow came out legitimately after that segment to wrestle A.R. Fox. I'm like, that's kind of odd, odd placement there. Wardlow, you know, this big guy. We're thinking, oh, Wardlow's under the mask. He's holding the bat. He's about to bash MJF with the bat. And then he comes out in the next match, wrestles A.R. Fox, and a lot of people picked up on the fact that he had, the fact that he had hat hair. Like, he had a mask on. So... It's like, all right, guys, you know, just like, just like, uh, you know, the last time we saw Adam Cole on TV and he's put digging his hand into, into his pocket. You saw that clip? You saw that clip on Twitter? I did. 
Um, I, I, I mean, that's got to be some sleuth type shit, man. If that is the yeah. case, you know that that's that. Kudos to AEW because that 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 looked fucking great when that came uh, came out. So maybe that's the case as well. It, it may be a mixture of all these people. It's MJF's I mean, past coming back to haunt him, bro. All right, now, so if Adam Cole like really was the one hitting a button in his pocket to cue the devil, things like that. You know, Adam Cole wouldn't have a remote control in his pocket. It would be the truck cueing the video. So why would he have to physically push the, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, well, he, he, he wears the devil mask, right? Who took the devil mask? Why did MJF have the, have the dynamite diamond ring at that pay-per-view? Why would he have a remote control? Adam okay. Cole's a, a fucking genius, man. He may be, uh, he may be Ninja Gaiden over here. I, I, I know. I, I saw the sluice. I, I saw all of the stuff, man. I just and I and I like that people are interested and in, and in, and in that far into it and everything else. I just I don't want to say you're going too far, so I don't want to say keep going, keep looking, let's see how it comes out. But I don't think they would leave their cards out there to be seen like that if if that was the case. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Just cue the fucking video. Why would you? All right, Adam, we need you to push the button in your pocket to cue up the fucking devil and give it away for people to find out because you know they will. Yeah. No, if if it, if it is Adam Cole, he didn't have to physically push the button in real life. Is what I'm talking about to cue the fucking devil. And why would you give your why would you give your hand away like that? Okay, Adam, go like this so it looks like that you're the one doing it. Yeah. Don't give it away. Just. Let it happen. Cue the fucking truck. Let them hit it. And then, yeah, it's Adam Cole. He did it and everything else. Okay, all right, fair enough. I don't think they would have revealed it like that and given it away like that. I just, I, Personally, I just think it was a coincidence that he was moving his hand at that given moment. Well, either that or he, or he was uh, doing something uh, that I don't really want to know about in his pocket. You know? Pocket pull, man. He's, Maybe I mean, he was fixing his underwear. I don't know. You don't know. You don't know, man. He was trying to adjust himself. <laughs> you know? Sometimes... He had to fix his babies, man. I don't, I don't fucking know. Oh, my God, man. Let's, not forget, let's not forget KO, man. Kyle O'Reilly is somewhere lurking, man. Yeah, well, he may be under the mask. We don't really know. I mean, that, uh, that may be a way to reintroduce him to the company. Now, we haven't heard from him. Roddy's been missing. You know, he's been showing up when he wants sporadically. Adam Cole wasn't on the show tonight. So, uh, listen, I thought the segment tonight with Joe and MJF and these devil henchmen, I thought was a fantastic segment. You know, a lot of people uh, coming out of this thing when I put down how how soft the CM Punk promo was on Monday and we got PG Punk and I retweeted the clip of Punk and MJF where MJF was acting robotic and he called Punk CM, uh, PG Punk. And a lot of people were like, oh, I don't like the baby face MJF. I think he sucks. I think he's cringe. I'm like, well, all right. Well, Punk is now neutered. He's obviously got he's got a behavioral clause in his fucking WWE contract, for Christ's you, sakes. You think? A- MJF, you know, the reason why MJF is an over-the-top babyface is because it's all leading to MJF going to be the babyface MJF, the stone-cold Steve Austin babyface of AEW. That's where it's leading. That's where yeah. it's leading. MJF is like fucking blue collar. He's trusting, he's trusting people now, and he loves people, and he hated people before, and he's trying to get back on the right track and right the wrongs of his life. And then yeah. he's going to be done wrong, and then he's going to be a baby face that we're all going to sympathize with, and he's going to be a fucking prick like we know. It's all, it's all a plan. So you can't yeah. even compare the two. You can't. So stop. I needed to get that off my chest, too, because that shit pissed me off this week. 
<laughs> Ridiculous, man. The IWC, man. You got the fucking IQ of an eggplant. Don't get me started, man. Holy shit. We're going to get into the rest of the show tonight. We got Christian, the patriarch of AEW. Apparently, uh, he uh, was talking about uh, Adam Copeland's deceased father. Said, said, you know, it's like you're, you're, you, had, you had a single mom. Everybody's like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we mm-hmm. go. Yeah, it's, yeah, so it's happening. It's the match good. is happening in Montreal for the TNT title. No, it's we, we will, we will, we will talk about that, and uh, we will go over uh, the other major announcement that AEW had tonight. They are going to Greensboro, North Carolina, for AEW Revolution on March third. So uh, that will be Sting's final match in AEW, a place that he's very familiar with. So we're going to Greensboro. Me and Jesse aren't going. I don't know, unless we get uh, media, which at, at this rate uh, is uh, not. I, I'm, listen, I'm, I, I'm like 20 minutes from the Nassau Coliseum, man. It's like, uh, am I getting media? No. Nah. I, I, <laughs> like, I applied, man. I applied. So uh, I, I can get media. Want me to get you media? Yeah. Get me. Let's, 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 let's do it. Oh, okay. Imagine the, the fucking king of New York wrestling podcast, man. Lives in New York. Can't get media to a fucking New York show. It's like. What the oh. fuck is going on here, man? Come on, I, I, I got a guy. You got a guy. Got a guy, man. Okay, you got a guy. Anyway, uh, we're going to get into uh, this show. I want to thank you guys very much for all of your support this week. Uh, Jesse's back. He's getting back to uh, as near to 100% as possible. And uh, we are rocking and rolling this week, man. We just hit 150,000 subscribers we're well on our way to 151. We're more than halfway there. You guys are killing it, man. We're like 380 subs away from 151 already. We had 9,200 people on Saturday night for Survivor Series. Another 4,500 for Monday Night Raw. We had 3,000 last night for TNT with Andrew Baydala, episode 24. I'm loving what I'm seeing, man. I'm loving the energy, and especially during this holiday season where everything is just, you know, so hectic and busy. Love it. Thank you guys very much for all of your support. Follow Jesse on social media at JED from NY206. Me, Chi-Town Smark on Twitter. Jesse's not really on there. I don't think he really wants to be on there, but you guys <laughs> can follow more. him. You guys can follow him anyway at Chi-Town Smark on X. Or uh, go subscribe to his YouTube channel where he's going to get back into it, covering Impact. Make sure you guys hey, hit... Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got 500 likes, man. We got 2,100 plus in here. I'm going to need 1,000 likes. Minimum. Minimum. Super chats are open. Get them on in. Sound off. Let us know what you're thinking. Anything on your mind, let us know. We'll hang out at the end of the show for last call. Couple sponsors I want to go over tonight. Number one, man, my friends over at Magic Minds. I was not getting through this week without Magic Mind, man. My favorite new beverage. MagicMind.com slash JD from NY. You guys are going to use code JDNY for 56% off your first subscription within the next 10 days. Go and get yourself a case. I got my case delivered today. Love it. It's what's in the mug. Absolutely fantastic. Mix it with my liquid death. Right on cue, man. And then tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20. 20% off. Free shipping. Got Andrew Baydala a uh, Beard Hedger Pro kit for his birthday. 
You got him something to cut his hair? Yeah. <laughs> it's a shaver, man. It's an electric shaver, man. He does grow facial hair. I'm kidding, bruh. I know. I do. I oh, know. my goodness, man. Let's get into it. Thank you guys very much for all the support. Uh, we started off. I don't want to spend too much time on the pro wrestling aspect of it. I mean, nobody wants to really hear about it. Oh, well, you know, John Moxley had uh, Jay Lethal in a headlock. No, I don't want. To, I don't really want to do that. I'm going to go over how the match uh, started and how the match ended. I thought this was a solid match. Twelve minutes, John Moxley. He did say Jesse that. Uh, he was asked about Phil Brooks and his debut. You know what he said? You don't want to know what I'm thinking about the debut over there or the return. You don't want to know what I'm thinking. Actually, Mox, I I absolutely I would pay good money to know what you're thinking. Actually, we do. Moxie already told us what he thought about I Phil. Know. He said it in three lines. I mean, you know, Mox is a man of very few words, man. He'll say what he means and he'll be done with it. He's not gonna fucking repeat it again. I know. I know. He doesn't need to. I, I listen, at the end of the day, I said this once, I'm gonna say it again. AEW. Minus the MJF promo tonight, because he did mention Punk and he did mention WWE, but it was uh, done in a tongue-in-cheek way where, you know, it wasn't really a shot, but it was kind of a, you know, go fuck yourself type of deal. But I think they should really focus on what they need to focus on, and that is putting on quality television like they did tonight. Devil Reveal, work towards that storyline, World's End. It's going to be one of the biggest shows that they do all year. Focus on that. Don't worry about what they're doing over there. You're not gonna top what they're doing over there. You're not. It's just right. the, it's just the way of the game. You know they they got the momentum now. Everybody's talking about them. He's back over there. Whether you like it or not, we're going into their best biggest season uh, yet, maybe ever Royal Rumble season. So you know don't don't even don't even bother. Don't even bother. Stay with the program. Stay in your lane, and that's it. Focus on you. Uh, lethal. He worked over Moxley's leg after a commercial break. He went for the figure four. Uh, Lethal had knocked Mox to the floor. Lethal then took over with a dragon screw. So he's working on the leg here. Danielson is on commentary. Uh, Pirate Danielson. He's got the eye patch on. I wonder if he's going to be wrestling with the eye patch or if they're going to put a protective face mask on. It's going to be very interesting. He has not wrestled yet uh, in the tournament. I believe he's wrestling on Saturday on Collision. Danielson said this is a different Jay Lethal than we saw last week. I don't really see what he saw, but if Danielson says so, then Danielson said so. Uh, we'll get into the news about Brian Danielson in a second. I'm curious to know what Jesse thinks about that. Mox caught Lethal with a sleeper. Lethal escaped and leveraged Mox's shoulders down to the mat. He applied a figure four. Mox reached for the bottom rope. He grabbed it to force the break. Moxley applied a sleeper, wrapped Lethal's body with his legs, and got a tap out victory. Mox goes from three to six points now. He leads the tournament with the most points so far. Lethal has a good old donut on the leaderboard. So uh, in predictable fashion, John Moxley wins his week two Continental Classic match over Jay Lethal. I thought it was a very good match. Brian Davidson. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Justin. Pardon yeah. for a second. Yeah. I'm not sure what exactly what you want. Because when you say when... Guys like Lethal in a tournament to just eat pins, and we want more credible opponents. If you put more credible people in, then you'd be angry that they're losing. And then if you put people in there that can take no. L's, you're like, well, why are they in? No, because I know it's under the context of a tournament. A round-robin tournament at that. People are going to have to lose. 
You don't want some people losing, though, because of what plans you may have for them. Why? Because of some plans you may have for them. I just said it. Why? What plans? Why why is Lethal here? Where's Takeshita? Maybe they don't want him losing, and it's not in the schedule for him to win. So what? You don't want him losing. Who wanted the Braves to lose after 103 wins this season? Whoever beat them. That's who wanted them to lose. Okay. Somebody has to lose. Bullshit format. Phillies won, right? Nobody expected the Braves. Everybody expected the Braves to win. They lost. So what? First off, when was the last time we've seen Takeshita on TV? I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe there's a fucking reason for that, bro. Maybe there's an injury. Lack of creative. Lack of creative. Shit going on. Lack of creative. Maybe there's something else going on that we may not be privy to as to why he's not on TV. Maybe that's why he's not in the tournament. Bro, 12 best, okay? Jay Lethal's out there with Satinam Singh and uh, Satinam Singh and fucking Sanjay Dutt. Right? What is he doing? Has he won a match all year? If they put Takeshita in that tournament in Jay Lethal's spot and he lost, you'd be sitting there singing a different tune about why is Takeshita in there losing? He had momentum. It's in the context of a fucking tournament over six weeks, bro. People are going to have to lose. You think they don't like Takeshita anymore? I never said that. Or maybe there's a solid reason why he can't or is not on TV right now. I don't know. Tony Khan, uh, you know, uh, whichever toys he likes on a given week, on any given week he plays with. Maybe he forgot Takeshita's in his toy chest. I don't know. Let the man cook. When I'm in the kitchen... Preparing my awesome meals. The last thing I want is my family in there saying, well, why are you putting this in here like this? Shouldn't that go in last if this is going to go in? You sit down and eat the fucking meal. When I get done, you eat it. Then tell me what you think about it. Don't sit here and tell me how to fucking cook. I'm not telling you how to cook. I'm not telling Tony Khan how to cook. All I'm saying is that don't put Jay Lethal in the fucking tournament and, and tell me he's one of the best in AEW. He's not. It's not. It's like telling oh, me Budweiser's well, the best beer oh, ever. Come oh, on, no, man. I disagree. I disagree right there. Jay Lethal is. He's just not being booked like he is. Now, that's a difference. True or false, though? True or false? Tony Khan set this tournament up like his own personal beer flight, bro. You got some fucking Belgian lager that's like 12% alcohol and it's got full body flavor and then next to it you got fucking Heineken. The fuck? Who's ordering a Heineken for a beer flight? I'm and not then he's sure. Got, then, he's got, then he's got some fucking sour IPA from fucking uh, Inglewood, California. Fucking, and, and then you got next to it a Corona. The fuck now, are you doing, man? Really? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure of these numbers because I've never actually looked into them but I'll be willing to bet that Heineken and Corona are probably two of the best-selling beers in the world. Now, isn't it all about business and numbers and statistics? Piss in a bottle, bro. I could (laughs) piss in a bottle, bottle it, put it on the store shelf, you open it, drink it, you won't know the difference. Oh, is this this beer from the Anheuser-Busch factory, or is this JD from NY's urine? I can't tell the difference. Oh my god. Come on, man. <laughs> anyway, that's all I'm saying, TK. It's all I'm saying, man. Continue. You you go in the kitchen and cook, okay? I'll be the uh the guy that 
dock some points on the Michelin star rating, okay? There you go. But you got to <sighs> eat the meal first. You got to eat the meal first. Okay. All right. We'll see. Um, Brian Danison. Apparently, the sub-IQ fucking cretins online have blamed Brian Danielson for firing CM Punk from AEW. Now, Jesse, the, the show, the, 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 well, I mean, it's in the news and Brian was on commentary. So I figured it's a nice uh, segue. Brian was on a disciplinary committee that voted to fire CM Punk. Now, Tony Khan has given Brian Danielson responsibility. Tony Khan has given Brian Danielson a stance in the company that uh, is basically, you know, he's one of his trusted soldiers, his right hand men, right hand men. And he was one of three people that made this decision. Now, I don't know where people got this information from, but now people are blaming Brian Danielson for firing CM Punk, and it's just a bad look. It's just a yeah, bad everybody's look. everybody's fault but Punk's. It's everybody's fault. Yeah, it's everybody's fault, fault but CM Punk's. But Tony Khan came out on live television and said that after all of the evidence that he had to rummage through, he made the decision, the ultimate decision, for what's best for the company, to fire no, CM Punk after sufficient evidence was revealed. Which he had to look through. Nobody wants to hear that, though. No. No, they want to they blame Brian Danielson. Now, Brian Danielson's got some bad fucking stigma in the IWC. Fuck them people. Well, what did you think of this story, man? What did you think about reading this? Because I know Drew and I talked about this less, and I was curious if you uh, kind of uh, were following what was going on there. I saw it. And Tony Khan asked Brian Danielson to do something for him because he knew Brian Danielson would be honest. Yes. And he also knew that Brian Danielson was good friends with Punk. Yes. And he still trusted him to do what was right. Brian Danielson did what was asked of him. He gave, he joined a few other people and they came to a conclusion and they gave Tony Khan the results. And Tony Khan could have just as easily done whatever he wanted with those results. He could have buried them or he could have followed the recommendation. He opted to follow the recommendation. Okay. So ultimately it was Tony Khan that hired CM Punk and it was Tony Khan that fired CM Punk. And that story is over. Yeah. I, I mean, do you honestly think Brian Danielson wanted to fire CM Punk? Nope. He did not want to fire CM Punk. Nope. I mean, they're, they're, they're fucking comrades. They're fucking great friends. They have such nope. a rich history together. He didn't want to do that. You don't think Brian Danielson wanted to wrestle CM Punk at Wembley? You don't think I wanted to see nope. it? Everybody wanted to see Brian, it. That's a main event Brian, match for the ages. I don't think Brian wanted to be wanted to be put in this situation to 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 be a part of the decision to fire Punk. I don't think that Tony Khan wanted to ask Brian to have to be put in a situation to be a part of the decision to fire Punk, but unfortunately. The situation came down to what it came down to. I mean, it, it it happened. And, you know, we're already on the subject, so I'm going to mention something else about this. I'm, I'm going to mention some chatter that I don't like seeing that I don't agree. I don't agree with online. Jack Perry. People want to say that, oh, it's just, I, I've literally read this more more times than I should have. Something along the lines of it's Jack Perry's fault for making punk mad. I've seen I've seen a tweet in that form or in that regard multiple times. And this is what I want to make clear right now. When punk got into the beef with the elite, 
and got hurt and left. When Punk came back, Punk did not want to be there anymore. That is why he was sitting in the fucking parking lot of the Allstate Arena begging Tamina Snooker to get him a meeting with Triple H. That's why he was in the parking lot trying to get a meeting with WWE. This was last December, and he was uh, recovering from an injury. He was going through rehabilitation at that time. Right. He did not want to be there anymore. Now, when he came back, Tony Khan laid down a golden path for him, gave him his own show, gave him carte blanche, gave him his own roster, gave him his friend back, gave him his own world title, gave him everything, gave him the ability to send home management, gave him everything. But Punk had already decided that he did not want to be there. Now, he got into it with Jack Perry. People are saying, well, why would you poke the bear? Why would you want to make Punk mad? It turns out that Punk didn't care who he got into a fight with because like we just discussed, Punk didn't want to be there. He could have spun a wheel. And it just that so happens the name landed on Jack Perry. He would have picked a fight with anybody to get himself fired because he didn't want to be there. If you want to say that Punk isn't there anymore because of the elite and Kenny Omega, okay. I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm saying maybe you have a fucking point, okay? Maybe. They didn't want to do business. Punk did want to do business after the fight. It was the whole fucking break. There was no communication there. The shit went awry. TK should have done more right there. There was the problem. Jack Perry was not the fucking problem. If Jack Perry was never even in London, I promise you, I promise you, I promise everyone else fucking watching right now, I, I promise everyone watching on demand later, Punk would have picked a fight with someone else. He wanted out. It was not about Perry. It was not about Perry. For the money that Punk was making and for the creative control and everything Punk was given, you think Punk is stupid enough to let Jack Perry cost him all of that? Punk wanted out. That's why he launched that Tony Khan. He wanted out. He got what he wanted. He wanted out. If you want to beef with someone because Punk is not there, take it up with TK then and the elite. This has nothing to do with this, Jack fucking This Perry. is the story of a desperate man who basically had no way out of a guaranteed contract. Yeah. And the, and the money that he was making. And yeah. he saw a way. He, he basically tried to go under the radar, under his boss's nose. And it was public knowledge that he went to Monday Night Raw to go talk to Triple H. Tony Khan yeah. didn't say anything of it because Tony Khan had fucking love struck eyes over CM Punk. This man yep. literally did anything possible to get out of that contract. He saw the one opening and Punk is a shrewd businessman. He's a, he's a very intelligent human being. He saw it. He took it. And he lunged at Tony Khan and said some expletives towards Tony Khan. At that point, he waved goodbye. Jesse and I were in the building. We seen the replay. He waved goodbye to everybody in London. When did, why is CM Punk waving goodbye? So yeah. that was the last time we saw him. He was fired uh, days later. But my question, Jesse, is, you know, he was guaranteed with that contract. I know for a fact that he loves pro wrestling. I know for a fact he he loved AEW when he first got here. He, he genuinely wanted to make the place better. And, and he tried his damnedest even when he didn't want to. So at, at the end of the day, 
it, it did become about money. And now he's back in WWE and it's about money. It's not about, uh, you know, it, it's money first, love of the business second. But where else was he going to go? Where else was he going to go? This is you know. this was his last chance. You know, he knew he knew that he didn't want his career to end that way. And you know. he, he wants to go out. He wants to go out on top. He wants to write his own fucking end. And WWE was going to be the only place for him to do that. So he had no choice. Yeah, I, I, I sincerely and, and this is in this part, everything I just said, I'm pretty confident that was all fact. If you if you all if anyone's sitting around there hearing what I just said still thinks that Punk would be in AEW still right now if it wasn't for Jack Perry, I respectively say you're an idiot. I'm 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 sorry. If you want to put it on the Bucks and, and the Elite and Kenny, we can have that discussion and you might not be wrong. OK, you might have a point there. But Jack Perry, you're an idiot. At that point, he wanted out. That's not even the case anymore. Now, before Punk even came back to pro wrestling at all, before he even got back to AEW or came to AEW, when people, when people would ask, what is the one thing that he said that he would want to come back to pro wrestling? Well, you're asking me a question. What was the question again? I'm sorry, I was reading the chat. What 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 was it that Punk said that he would want to come to pro wrestling for his first run, his first comeback? What, what and people would ask him, Punk, what is going to take to get you back into pro wrestling? What did he say? He just wants someone to come talk to him and give him a good offer. He said he wanted a big bag. Well, that too. Everybody wants a big bag. I want you want he a big a, bag. I want a big bag. Everybody wants a big bag. Do, do you think Brian Danielson wanted a big bag to come to pro wrestling? No. But you don't you don't think he wanted one? You don't think he wanted a lot of money? Brian wanted a lot of money, yeah. But but that's not but that wouldn't the that first thing he would say, was no, it? No, no. He would say he wants to pro, he he wants to wrestle. Yeah. He's gonna get paid. Yeah. Because he's fucking fantastic at what he does, but it's yeah. not the primary focus. Punk came back for money. And he got his money. He got a shit ton of money and he got a lot more and it still wasn't enough on the second run because he was already done. He was already pissed off beyond being pissed off. And I can relate to that. I understand that when you're pissed off and you want out, you just want out. I get that part, but to come back and then target a Jack Perry and blame him for your reason of leaving. That's horseshit man up and say, you're pissed because the Bucks don't want to fucking do business after you're fucking spent and you don't want to be here any fucking more. That was the, cause that's the truth. That is the truth. You don't want to be in this fucking company anymore. That's what, why else were you sitting in right, a WWE me, parking lot? Let, let me, let me ask you this. If, if the Bucks and Omega wanted to do business and we get this six man tag team match that would have made AEW a whole hell of a lot of money and sold a whole bunch of pay-per-views. Do you think CM Punk would still be in AEW right now? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Because he wanted to work with them. Uh, and I truly believe he wanted to do business with them. It's them that they want to do business with him. It's possible. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it's, I don't, I don't know. I know if we would have gotten that, you know, before the first fight even broke out and there was never a, any drama, then yeah, it would have been great. He'd still be there. It would have happened. But after that, after that, after brawl out, after that brawl out media scrum, the game has changed. Everything has fucking changed from that media scrum. Could it have been fixed from that point? I don't know. 
I don't know of any scenario that could have happened after Brawl Out would have made things better. You know, the, 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 it was just sour at that point. You know, the funny thing. The funny thing is, none of these guys, Tony Khan, the Bucks, Page, Omega. You know, when they made that decision not to work with Punk, now nah, we're not working with him. Meanwhile, Punk wanted to do business and make money, and FTR versus, you know, FTR and Punk versus uh, the Elite would have been big business for them. None of them at the time, none of them were thinking, well, if he doesn't want to be here and he leaves, or they, they fire him, or he gets, you know, he just quits. He ain't going back to WWE. That's, that's never going to happen, man. Meanwhile, they don't know. That and I said this about Triple H before in regards to Tony Combro, and I know you you agree with this. Triple H is like the sleeping dragon in Lord of the Rings, the second Hobbit film, where where the fucking uh, the dwarves go into the to in, into the cave into the into the mountain to go wake the dragon up because they're looking for the Arkenstone. Triple H is that fucking dragon, and, and, and you know you you give Triple H an inch, he's gonna take fucking ten miles. Oh, yeah, they don't think Punk is going to come back here, man. Let's, uh, hey, yo, hey, yo, Nick, come on, bro. Let's let's go talk to this guy, man. We'll, we'll conduct business. We'll write up a nice fancy contract where we uh, got him by his balls and his tongue is fucking stapled shut, right? Let's get him back in the company. Man. They, none of them thought that he would end up back over there. Now they lost him over there, and, and look at where the momentum has shifted. Look, look, I mean, whether you like it or not, where I know you don't like it, and I know you don't care, but you can't sit there and tell me it's not a fucking absolutely massive maneuver. It was a massive maneuver when Punk signed with AEW, and the momentum was high, and everybody was high in spirit and everything else, until a little while later when the shit hit the fan. When WWE was asked about it, they, were, they literally said he's their problem now. Yeah. They were fucking spot on, were they not? Yeah. So as of right now, today, a few days after he signed with WWE, yeah, they have a lot of fucking traction right now. They have a lot of, you know, attention right now because of it. But I say we give it a little bit, okay? Did they expect Punk to go to WWE? I don't know if they expected it. They're probably just as surprised as we were. But at the end of the day... They were probably thinking, I'd rather he be there than here because we don't want to work with him anymore. So it's good that things are high right now. And I'll go on record as saying this. I hope it works out for Phil over there. I think he deserves to end his career there. I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame over there. I, I hope it works out. The thing, the thing for me that I'm not worried about it because I don't watch WWE. So I'm not, I'm no longer worried about what Phil is gonna do to a locker room that I care about anymore. Because he's in WWE and I don't watch WWE. If he came back to AEW, I would be worried about what the fuck Phil's going to do next because he's a ticking time bomb. So if he goes over there and it all works out, great. You know what I would rather have? I want AEW to, to fire back. I want AEW to raise their bar and get just as high as where WWE is right now and keep the competition live. I'm really weirded out by all these people saying, Haas, great, AEW is dead now. You want to go back to WWE being the only company in town. That's what you want. When they treat the talent like shit, when they don't pay them shit, when they have nowhere else to go, that's what you want. They're going to go back to giving you shitty Listen, TV. Do I need to remind you of the fucking no, creative we got in WWE the second they buried WCW? It was nothing. It was dog shit. It was terrible. 
Like nobody, no, nobody, wa- nobody in their right mind wants that. Like if you, if you, if you want AEW to truly die, then you're a complete fucking nimrod. Honestly, you're, 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 you're a brain dead idiot. Idiot. It's, it's just ridiculous. And, and listen, you know, I, I, I know, I know a lot of people think that Jesse and I are AEW fucking dick riders, but let's be real. You know, the unthinkable happened two years ago. Tony Khan and AEW brought this man out of retirement when he hated pro wrestling. So they said something and sparked an interest in him to fucking come back in the first place. So the reason why Punk is in pro wrestling now is because of AEW. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in WWE. Fact. He would not be in WWE right now if AEW did not bring him back to television. So you could thank Tony Khan and AEW for that. That is probably very true as well. I didn't think about that. Yes. CM Punk would still be at his... At home in his condo with Larry in his lap watching fucking the Blackhawks right now on Monday. That's where he'd be. He would not be on. Popping up at indie shows wearing a mask. Yeah, somewhere. Somewhere He'd be tweeting about fucking horror movies for for Christmas horror movies or whatever the fuck's going on now. You know? No. WWE's momentum is riding high. Good. Because now I want AEW to follow that path and raise their standards and try, just try to be as hot as WWE is right now, that means we win. Yeah. Okay? And then I want WWE to see that and say we can do better than that. And then I want the shit to go back and forth. We all win. Those of you who watch WWE will win. Those of us who watch AEW will win. Everybody wins, dude. So enjoy. We got a $100 Super Chat. Fixes a bind. Says probably don't have to worry about the elite running anyone else out of AEW because they probably won't be that jealous of anyone else ever again. Folks had the elite hat on and an ear-to-ear smile when Punk was fired. Punk is back on top now. Jealous. Thank you. Yeah, they were jealous. They were jealous of what? The elite, of what? the elite, the, the, the Matt and Nick Jackson, Jackson were jealous. I, I jealous of what? Of punk. Jealous of what? Of punk. Oh, what? 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 What did they? About his star power in jealous? the company. He he basically, he basically was AEW, and they started the company, and there was there was animosity there based off that. No, no doubt. Okay, so you, you think they would? Okay, all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, what do you think they were jealous of? Like what? Just, the, just you know. I just think that, you know, he comes on in and he's immediately the fucking top priority. He's immediately the star of the show and he's the reason for the ratings and the the, the pay-per-view buy rates and they were not. Okay. That's a I mean, prof- there, there was no doubt about it, a professional jealousy there. No, that that's an, that's an opinion and it's it's, an, it's a valid yeah. one. Yeah. It's a valid Fine. one. Sure. Okay. I could I could see that. We don't know. All I'm saying I'm say, all I'm saying is that that's not confirmed. But yeah. That's a valid opinion. Since no one, since we don't know, we're all shooting our, you know, our opinions. Okay, I can see that. All right. Now, uh, one last note about Brian Danielson. We'll touch upon CM Punk what Jesse thought of the promo at the end of the show. I know he, you know, th- th- it kind of led to Brian and Punk, and Jesse wanted to mention that about Punk. You know, another thing about this Brian Danielson situation is a lot of people wanted a locker room leader. Oh, there's no locker room leader. There's no structure in the AEW locker room. Meanwhile, you got Brian Danielson in here. He's got the power to hand out fucking fines and suspensions where he sees fit because people trust him. And people are now complaining that there's a locker room leader 
in AEW. Which 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 is it? Do you not want someone as trusted and beloved as Brian Danielson to fucking lay down the law when he sees fit? Because I'm pretty sure that when he sees fit, more than likely it's a legit reason. Because he's not going to be handing out fines and suspensions to anybody on any given fucking day for no reason. Like... You can't you can't you can't complain about this now because they, want, they just want to complain. They, yeah, That's you're just complaining. Want. You just want to complain. Oh, well, what what is this is unfair? It's like it's like the this no structure in the locker room. I didn't ask for that. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You want the structure? Tony Khan gave you structure. I mean, can the guy do no fucking right? Nope. Jesus Christ. Nope. Nope. Brian nope. Danielson's on my fucking roster. Not only is he in the ring, you know, doing what he's got to do, but. He's a voice of the locker room. It's exactly what Tony Khan did. It's 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 tough, dude. I mean, I I would never want to be put in that position. I was put in that position before professionally, and that's not a great position to be in. But it's an honor to be respected as 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 a professional at, at your trade at your craft for someone to honor your opinion. But that position sucks for Brian. I don't envy him in that regard. No. And I don't think anyone in this industry would consider Brian Danielson a selfish person. I don't think they would consider him a, a, a an evil person or someone that's unfair. So, um, in that regard, and he still made this call. It it's it sucked for him. It sucks that he had to be put in that position. If I'm TK, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have put Brian in that fucking spot, man. Well, Unfortunately, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. That he can trust. I would have. I would have. I would have put him in the spot. You know, I it's. It's pretty shitty that that Fightful ran that report, and Drew and I talked about that last night. Like, did they have to run that particular report? Did AEW give them clearance to run that report? Like, I don't it's really not, understand why. It's, the, why- not, it's not it's not Fightful's job to withhold news. If they, if they got the scoop, if they got the info and it's valid, run it. That's your job, man. That's money. Don't leak it. Whoever knew it and said something shouldn't have said shit. To someone it's, that really doesn't deserve the backlash is what I'm trying to get at. You it, know? It's there, dude. That's new. Of all the people, the bro, in that locker room that? that doesn't need that or doesn't deserve that backlash, it's him. Don't don't leak it. They know how to not leak shit when they don't want it leaked. Well, whoever whoever leaked it then to Fightful, Brian should be pissed at them. Maybe TK leaked it. I don't know. I don't. I, mean, I don't know. But we know. We know that they can keep information in when they want it. And this was this was intentionally leaked. Yeah. This was strategically leaked by whom? I don't know. But they wanted it out there and it got out there. If I'm fightful and I got that, I'm not sitting on it, man. Yeah. It's not my job to hold information because then someone else gets it. They fucking run the scoop and you had it first. Yeah. Don't leak it. I guess so. You know, it, it is what it is. Uh, we will get into the CM Punk situation later in the show. I want to get uh, Jesse's take on the promo. Um, and yeah, that's that's the story with Brian Danielson. Uh, I commend Tony Khan for putting Brian Danielson in that role, and I would have done the same thing. And uh, you want a locker room leader? There's nobody better than Brian Danielson. Uh, we got the announcement, Jesse. We got Tony Schiavone mentioning Sting's final match will be at AW Revolution next March in Greensboro, North Carolina, at the Greensboro Coliseum, where so many of Sting's biggest matches were held. Schiavone brought up his match against Ric Flair in that arena in 1988. I was six years old at that at that time. Sting and Ric Flair walked into view. Ric Flair wearing just this overly gold, gaudy, fucking Very three gaudy. sizes too big suit. Looks ridiculous. Sting talked about his very first world title match back then and said he never guessed he'd be standing with Flair and Shivani talking about his career. 
Sting awkwardly brought up that his 45-minute draw aired commercial-free and noted that he hadn't, or that hadn't, happened before. He said that didn't really matter to him, though. Flair said he didn't, of course, Flair had to get a word in here. Flair said he didn't make Sting. Sting made himself. He said after that match, he walked back to the locker room with 25 wrestlers congratulating him. He said he didn't rehearse or talk about it. He just went out there and did it like men do. Flair said he's 74 years old, working for Tony Khan and standing next to Tony Schiavone, and he's headed back to Greensboro, North Carolina. He said he's honored to be by Sting's side. Shook Sting's hand and said it'll be one for the ages. They wooed together. And then Sting said, this is 1980 all over again. Now, I I have this terrible, terrible, terrible feeling, Jesse, that in the Greensboro Coliseum, it's going to be Sting and Darby versus Andrade and Ric Flair. Now, I know I put that out there in the universe, and I'm sorry sorry to the higher beings and the higher powers that I just you know, utter these these magical words to. But I think Tony Khan yeah. would be that. I think Tony Khan would be that markish to do it, bro. I really bro, do. please don't do this to us. Who else is he going to wrestle in his last match? You know it's going to be a tag team match because they mentioned that he's 24-0 and has the longest winning streak in AEW currently. Every win has been a tag team match. I don't know. And you know Tony Khan is going to want Sting to remain undefeated in AEW because Tony Khan wants to take credit for booking Sting better than WWE did. Am I wrong? Yes. No, I'm not wrong. Yeah. I'm, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. 100% wrong. I'm, not, I'm, 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 I'm wrong about things, but I'm not, I'm not wrong. Hardly I'm wrong. Fuck, man. Nobody be... I, 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 don't, I don't know... Where this company is going, man? They, I, I think they've, I think they've kind of, kind of forgotten about what brought them to the table here, and it's not putting Ric Flair and Big Show and fucking Magic. Mark it down, I, mark it down, tag it, fucking bookmark it. JD Shramus, yes. JD Amos. Fucking why? Nobody wants <clears throat> this shit. Why? Moving on. <sighs> Brian Danison cut a promo at the commentary table about the tournament. And he said he's going to win it. I hope he does. He got fired up and talked about having surgery on his broken orbital bone. He said he won't be humble in win or loss, but he's in it to win it and become the first ever Triple Crown champion. And we got three matches already hyped up for collision. Andrade versus Daniel Garcia, Claudio versus Brody King, and I think there's one other. I think Brian may be wrestling. Not sure. He's going to have to wrestle eventually. So that is happening on collision. Uh, Mark Briscoe versus Roosh. Not going to spend too much time on this. Roosh wins in about 11 minutes. I thought this was great. I thought this was better than the opening match with Moxley and Jay Lethal. Mark Briscoe is good. He is very good. Uh, Roosh is excellent as well. So we got a commercial break, and Roosh had Briscoe in a leg lock. Uh, Roosh overhead tossed Briscoe off the ring apron as Briscoe charged at him. Briscoe rolled back into the ring before being counted out. Briscoe landed a top rope elbow, which I love his elbow drive, man. It looks so fucking beautiful. Um, landed that top rope froggy bow uh, for a near fall. Roosh backdropped out of a J driller by Mark, then landed a cannonball on the corner, he landed the running elbow to the chest, and then a running basement drop kick, which looked fucking brutal for the one, two, three. Roosh picks up his first win in the tournament. He's on the board with three points. Good stuff. 
Very good. Um, I like I, I I like Mark. It's I'm I'm still I'm I'm still accustomed to seeing him with his brother, man. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It's gonna take a while, man. We we watched these guys for fucking decades. Yeah, you know, um, as a tag team. So not saying we won't get there. I'll no, I'll get there. It's gonna take me longer than you know a little bit, but. Um, I appreciate everything he's done, and I'll get to him. I'll, I'll get accustomed to seeing him as a singles, but it doesn't stop what he can do in the ring. He's still great at what he does, so that's 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 awesome. Yeah. Eddie Kingston cut a promo, says he was, uh, you know, in the match against Brody King on Saturday night. He was sitting against a brick wall on Saturday. This was a pre-tape, and he said he knew it was going to be tough because Tony Khan didn't put any scrubs in this tournament. He was uh, a little down about what happened. You know, he's got zero points so far in in week one. Noting that he has to face Brian Danielson on Saturday's collision. So there you go. Brian is wrestling Eddie Kingston. He was rubbing his wrist and said he'd be ready by Saturday for Brian Danielson. Uh, It doesn't look like Eddie Kingston's going to get on the scoreboard for week two either, bro. Yeah, it don't look good. Unless, unless, unless um, injured Brian is going to put Eddie over. Who knows? Maybe. We'll see. Um, I'll be watching. I don't know. I'll let you guys know if I'm going live or not. Sounds like a good show. Um, moving on. Roosh wins. He's on the board. Backstage, we go to Tony Storm. RJ City was sitting with her on the couch. Tony Storm had her legs on top of RJ's legs sitting on the couch. Lucky man he is. She put her legs on his lap, talked about JFK visiting her as she celebrated well into the evening at the compound. Now she's really going. She's really going all in with this gimmick, man. Talking about JFK. Oh my goodness. She said she's feeling fatigued and dehydrated and has a touch of the gout. RJ asks if she's worried about defending her title next week. No name was mentioned. We don't know who she's defending the title against. I don't know why we're getting random championship matches just thrown out there with no build. She mentioned famous names of the past and asked if they were worried. She asked RJ to remove her shoes. And that's the way the segment came to a close. We had uh, Luther, the butler, holding the title up above Tony Storm. And Mariah May was in the background fangirling over Tony Storm. That was basically it. I like I, I like what Tony Storm is doing. I want to see some in I want to see more in-ring stuff, though. Yeah. It's getting a little bit too on the too much on the comedic side and less of the wrestling stuff. Now she's champion. We need to see more in-ring stuff. Um it's and and between between her and Julia and we got Julia Hart tonight, what another open challenge. Bro, can we please please do something with the women? Well we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Please uh, do something uh, with the women. MJF he limped to the ring. He's got his fancy cane, microphone in hand. That's all he needs. He's got both of his title belts. Cut his music, cut his music. Got a graphic that hyped up December 30th. World title, Samoa Joe versus MJF. Partially torn labrum. Excalibur did mention it on commentary. MJF says when it comes to Samoa Joe as a person, you know what, I don't, I don't like him too much. I think he's an asshole. He said professionally, he respects Samoa Joe. He says he didn't come to AEW to line his pockets. He came to AEW because he believes in the three letters, AEW. So fans began chanting AEW. He said back in the early 2000s, he remembered getting a poster in his mailbag and said, and it said TNA Wrestling. 
He tuned in and he couldn't be happier. He said he saw crazy athleticism in a new cast of wrestlers that he's never seen before. He said Samoa Joe stood out. I'm listening to MJF talk about this, and I wish a lot of the fucking incels and the geeks online would look at AEW and feel that same way. Oh, look, another promotion outside WWE with a ton of great athletes that I've never seen before, man. Let's nah. let's let's watch, you know? Nope. Can't do that. Doesn't have, eh, it's illegal now. Nope. You, know, you look you look down upon that. Yep. Said Samoa Joe stood out in TNA wrestling. So Joe looked unconventional, but the fans didn't care because he was the baddest man on earth. And yes, that is true because Samoa Joe, you know, you look at somebody like Samoa Joe getting hired by WWE, there were rumors and murmurs about, you know, them making fun of his weight, and that's the reason why they didn't hire him, you know, in the first place. It took a little bit. You know, he had to build his resume up, and his body of work actually got him hired, not his aesthetics, which is a shame because Samoa Joe is fucking unbelievable. But his talents were not recognized in WWE, and he wasn't afforded a chance to be a world champion in WWE. And this was mentioned by MJF. But what Joe did for the sport was bigger than that. He said he proved to you he didn't have to be a massive male bodybuilder to be a star in this sport. He said Joe broke the mold and uh, proved alternatives do matter. He said Joe paved the path for people like him. So without Joe, there would be no AEW, and there is some truth to that. So we said thank you to Samoa Joe, and then the fans started to chant, thank you, Joe. Says he's been happy to go down the road. Joe paved, but he's not so shabby himself. Says he's helped build a new alternative and has helped build it brick by brick. Fact. He said that he did it by beating some of the biggest names in the industry, and he ran through these names very quickly because he knew, you know, some of these names would garner a reaction Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, and Kenny Omega. He read them in, in that type of speediness or hurriedness. He said Joe is one is one opponent he's defeated that he felt lucky to have survived. He said Joe is a wrestling legend, but December 30th is not about Joe. It's about his legacy. He promised everyone that he will show the world, despite how beat up his body is, it's not about the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. Try saying that one three times fast. I almost fucked it up. He said he'll have to put him down at World's End. MJF broke his cane, and he was walking around uh, in the ring without his cane. The lights went black, flickered. We got some spotlights dancing around in the ring. Men in black masks attacked MJF. Three of them held him down as the big guy of the group with a baseball bat stood ominously above MJF, about to bash him in the head. Samoa Joe ran out. His music played. He came from somewhere. He didn't come from the aisleway. He came from the crowd. He dragged this guy out of the ring and cleared the ring of the other three guys. Then the screen went black for an awkward seven to ten seconds or so. Our TVs went out. I guess this was part of the show. And then the screen said, in the shadows, our game begins. Next week, MJF and Samoa Joe, will you face the unknown in a tag team match? Are you a hero, Max? So back in the ring, lights went back on. Joe had some words for MJF. Tell him to calm down. Calm down. I'm here. Nothing's going to happen to you. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. MJF yelled at the stage with the microphone. I'm so sick of your Scooby-Doo bullshit. Raggy. He says he's going to unmask him and take him out and take them out one after another. He says they're on for the tag team match. Joe was not happy. But MJF eventually calmed down. 
And it paused, and then Black Masked Men sound effect kicked in briefly and then went, went, went right back to MJF's theme, and that's the way the segment came to close. I thought this was great stuff. I thought this was excellent. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. I don't think I've ever seen a, an, an MJF segment that I didn't love and put Joe in it, and it's an automatic win. Um, this is great stuff. This led us into... This takes us into the next week as far as the story goes. This this gives us our breadcrumb. Yep. This gives us a little something. How is MJF going to be able to go? What are we going to get as far as these unknowns in a ring? Do we get a mask revealed? I don't expect to see the devil here. No. Not at all. So, I mean, let's, let's, let's squash that right now before we get to I, next I, week. I will ask you this, Jesse. Do we need a reveal of one of these masked men at least? Or is that should, or is that going to give away who the devil is? It should it, it at the very least, there should be a valid attempt. All right. There should be, okay, we got this guy. Let's let's get this mask off. And if it's not gonna happen, there needs to be a legit reason as to why something else happened. I don't know what. Fucking be creative. They get jumped. I don't know. I don't fucking know. But if you go out there and then win the match, raise your hand and go skipping off into the sunset and not try to reveal anybody, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing here? Like I, I uh, like I get it. You know, you know what I was thinking about. You know, when Samoa Joe pulled the big guy out, like the first thing that I would have did was fucking go for the mask and rip the mask off. He just pulled him out of the ring and wanted to beat him up. Like, bro, unmask him. <laughs> like, you know, it's like Joe doesn't give a shit. No, I yeah, don't I, give I, a I, shit. I don't give a shit who it is. I don't get. I don't care. If it, it's Max that cares who it is. Joe just wants him to get the fuck off his title defense. He, yeah, I don't care who it is. Get the fuck out of here. So that that made that made sense, but. Max should be focused on only finding out who this is. Yeah. So I mean, if we get if we if we get a Roddy reveal next week, does that give it away entirely? No. I don't think it does. No. So let's let's see. Yeah, because Adam Cole conveniently told Roddy last week, I'm not oh, your best friend off. anymore. Fuck off. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, they did announce Montreal, Quebec, Canada next week. It will be their debut. Uh, Excalibur did say, like Jesse said earlier in the show, against the wishes of Joe, Tony Khan has agreed to book this match against the unknown. So that's happening next week. So we got Christian and Adam Copeland, and then this cliffhanger uh, tease potentially of some of these guys or one of these guys being unmasked next week. So next week's going to be a big show. I like it. I thought this was a great job by all involved and exactly what we need to build into next week's show. Love a good cliffhanger. This was great. It's good. Can't wait. Wardlow squashed AR Fox. Basically, uh, another stoppage, power bomb, and Fox apparently did get some offense here. 450 splash, Wardlow power bomb Fox, hit a clothesline. He continued to attack. He had a beautiful swanton off the top rope that was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, he followed with another power bomb, and the referee called for the bell after checking on Fox, who appeared to be knocked out. This was stopped in four minutes by the referee. Now, a lot of people Killed were him. noticing uh, Wardlow's hat hair or mask hair, but uh, I found it to be a little bizarre that uh, immediately following this match, we got a Wardlow match, and everybody tends to think that Wardlow is a part of this uh, little devil reveal. So, I don't it's know. okay. Uh, speculating and trying to figure out figure it out is a part of the fun. So, it's all good. They gave us a trios match tonight. Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, and Brother Zay against Dante Martin, 
Darius Martin back together, top flight and action Andretti. I actually like the makeup of this trio. I think that's a great looking trio. Enjoy it while you can. I know, yeah. I mean, uh, until he breaks his other ankle. Um, <laughs> ten minutes. This was this was just there to to pop the crowd with some big moves and get Dante back into the mix here. Uh, you know, I didn't really care for this. It doesn't really mean anything. Where, where are the trios titles? There's, there's no real contention for the trios title. So why do I care? I don't it's even know who has them. The acclaimed. Oh, that's right. Okay. Nowhere to be found. So yeah. uh, might as well, might as well get rid of them. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's, it's so frustrating, honestly. Yep. Um, Dante looks great. He looked refreshed. He looked rejuvenated out there. Hopefully he can stay healthy. I think top flight's got a huge upside. Great to see them back. Love both of those guys. Uh, this could be a solid trio if they want to get serious with that division again. Dante, Darius, and Andretti win in 10 minutes. Man, did they drop the ball on action Andretti, man. It's like he's all over the place. He's on Dynamite. He's feeding with Jericho at the beginning of the year, Ring of Honor. It's like he's all over the place. I, I don't want – I mean, they tried to get a little spark going, you know. You know, Jericho tried to help and stuff like that. I wouldn't necessarily call this them dropping the ball as much as I would say – he just didn't get over as much as they hoped. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, and, and this is not a knock on Andretti. He's, a, you know, he can go in the ring like none other. He's a fucking young, great talent. But my God, is he the drizzling shits in front of a camera and a microphone? Yeah, man. he is. He's not good. So, yeah, this, uh, this, this match was only booked because uh, Dante Martin is from Minneapolis. So Tony Khan gave him uh, a hometown return. And, and Tony Khan's good on that. He's usually yeah. very good with that. Uh, Renee Paquette. After the match was over, went to interview Dante, Darius, and Action Andretti backstage. In walked Penta, Commander, oh boy. and Vikingo with Alex Abrahantes. Because Penta was the one who put him out with that fucking uh, terrible spot at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view last year. He came, gave him a fist bump. Now we're back at it. Hey, man, you're all healed up. Let's put you back in the ring with the guy that injured you. And two other yeah. fucking maniacs. Great. So we got this trios match happening. I'm assuming it's going to happen on Rampage. That's where Tony Khan usually throws his rental luchas out there. So it's, uh, it is what it is. You know, I don't really care. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I don't care either. Um, they are great spectacles, you know, to show off their in-ring work. Yeah. It, they are. And when we say we don't care, I mean, you know, look. That we doesn't mean that doesn't mean we don't think Vikingo is talented. Yeah, exactly. They, they, these guys can fucking go. Yeah, you know. But after that is done, the next week you're gonna put them in a match and they can go. Okay, and then the next week you're gonna put them in a match and they can. We get it. What else can they bring to the table as far as entertainment? Can they carry out a storyline? Can they do something interesting in promos? Can they? Get them a manager that can help them with pro something. We are tired of just seeing them go out there and giving us fantastic uh, matches and spots. That's it's gotten boring. I am sorry, man. We need more from these luchas to keep us engaged. You know, Vikingo's stock has fallen tremendously because Tony Khan has just ruined all the appeal of him by using him almost every other week. Yeah. I thought this guy was I thought this guy was something unique and special. He was like the next greatest fucking coming of Rey Mysterio. What happened? Yeah. Imagine if we get Okada coming out to the coming out to Dynamite every week wrestling and then leaving. It's like yeah, it's like Okada fucking visiting the United States for 6 months. Yeah, let's throw him out there against uh yeah. QT Marshall. Like, yeah, I mean it's a fuck. 
It's, it's boring at this point. We we get Okada once in the blue moon. It is normally a high-profile match, great match, and then he goes back and we don't see him for a long time. So it's good to see him when he comes. You know, we get this Vikingo guy every other fucking week, and there's nothing interesting after his match. You know, yeah. so it's we don't care anymore. Yeah. Julia Hart, she went one-on-one and defended the TBS title against Jesse's favorite female wrestler of all time, Emmy Sakura. I don't hate Emmy anymore. I told you guys that. Anyway. I respect, uh, I respect her craft. I uh, just get tired of seeing her every weekend. Uh, uh, another match that Tony Khan booked because Julia is from Minneapolis, and this was a hometown pop for her. But at the same time, I get what Tony Khan is trying to do and make good for the roster. Really? I don't know. Uh, why, why do we get random, nothing matches that at the end of tonight are never going to be referenced or talked about ever again? No. What is with the open fucking challenge? And then right. they, they, they think they're slick. Oh, it's a, oh, it's a house rules match. It's so, an open challenge. So what? Uh, no, I don't want anybody to come into my house, man. The door's fucking locked. It's 12 o'clock. Give me yeah. a break. Let me ask you this. I mean, why did Amy Slackera deserve a title match? I don't know. It was an open challenge. No, that's bullshit. No. Not contenders. No, an open challenge is someone that maybe is not in the company that's coming into I Julia Hart, a debut or something. Open challenge is Emmy Sakura. No. I've right. beaten everyone else, so now let's go to an open challenge. You haven't beaten everyone else. You've been when was champion? the last time Emmy Saka was on TV? She lost, right? Every time I see her, she loses. She loses. So, it. look, look, we're not trying to complain. This is what we're trying to say. Oh, I'm complaining. We, oh, well, uh, yeah, I guess we are complaining. We want something interesting for the women. The most interesting thing to happen in the women's division in the last couple of weeks is Britt Baker tweeting tonight. That's Isn't that something? Sad. Isn't that something that the most outside Tony Storm right now because she's doing a great job. She's but doing I, a great job. But say, outside but, that, Britt Baker, who's not been yeah. on TV in months, yeah, tweeting, no storyline or whatever, under an assumption that she, that she's a part of something here with the Devil Reveal, is the most interesting female right now in all of AEW. Give us something. When every time you book open challenges, that tells us you had nothing planned, so you just do a match together. Just put that in the subtext. Put that right under the name. When you guys put little witty shit under the fucking graphic, put down we had nothing interesting for the women, so we booked this open challenge. There who, you go. Who was in charge of this division? Who? Dustin. Agents, producers, fucking who? Who's in charge here? Like, come up with a story for the title. Champion is Sky Blue a part of this thing? We didn't see Sky Blue. Nothing done there. Willow, we have Nightingale. Nothing. We have two, we have two women's champions. Don't know why. We have two women's champions. One's not wrestling enough, and the other one's just wrestling with no story. I don't know. If we merge, if we merge these two, if we merge Tony Storm's gimmick, and then merge the fact that you know Julia is wrestling. We might get one interesting women's champion. You know, I, I put out a tweet today in regards to this match because, you know, I, I, I always talk about this with Jesse when we're live because it's the same fucking shit every week. Julia Hart's great. Another random match with no story surrounding the TBS championship is not. 
Then we get somebody in my thread on Twitter, and he says, she just won the title. She's got to build up a few wins first. I'm sure she'll be in some sort of storyline sooner or later. She's the fucking champion. Uh, okay, so you know what my reply was? Because the last two champions got storylines with the TBS title, right? Right. No, they didn't. They are following the same formula that they gave Chris Statlander. Jay didn't have a story, and don't tell me her fucking streak was the story, because that's not a... They were all open challenges. Fucking story. Get the fuck out of here, man. Give me a break. Chris Statlander wasn't in any story. Nothing. Dude, I I feel like... I feel like I could sit here within the next couple of minutes and come up with something more interesting for Julia Hart than what we're getting. Come up, get a couple of women from the back and put them in the ring for a number one contenders match for for the TBS title. Stroll Julia Hart out there and all her fucking darkness and every fucking thing to watch the fucking match. Have your winner go over, have Julia Hart look her over, get in her face, take the fuck off. Next week, have someone else come out. Two women. Have a great fucking match. Julie Hart's watching. Then Julie Hart jumps the winner in the fucking back because she don't want the winner to get any fucking momentum. I've already come up with more fucking story for Julia Hart in the last 30 seconds than you have in the last couple of weeks. Something. Something. Maybe a little mysterious black box that's got fucking ooze or something. Mist coming out of it. Something. something. Yeah, she's targeted her next fucking victim that she's going to curse. I don't know. Something. Jesus, dude. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, the whole fucking division needs some fucking black magic sorcery bullshit to fucking make it into a something. Give me something. She wins in eight minutes, and she's still, listen, taking nothing away from Julia Hart, okay? She's made this mistake now two times in a row with the moonsault. Too close to the turnbuckle. Hey. It looked good in execution. The end result did not look good, okay? No one ever claimed she was a fucking seasoned veteran. She's still getting there. We know that much. Okay. I want to give a shout out to Emi Sakura and... Who? To to the announce team. Who? Emi Sakura. (laughs) (laughs) Why why, why do you you want to shout out Emi Sakura? Why? I was going to say it. So. Who? For her (laughs) rolling into the moonsault to try to make it to have some impact and then commentary for putting it over like, hey, looks like she was trying to roll out of the way, but she ended up rolling into it as opposed to it just happening. Then commentary says, didn't get all of it. Didn't get all of it. They didn't get all of it, pal. Didn't Didn't get all of it. Didn't get all of it as translation for they fucked it up. <laughs> okay. Every time you hear Corey Graves say, didn't get all of it. Man, that's uh, that's the thing me and Solomon used to do at Hogman. Oh, they didn't get all of it. Didn't get all of it. Didn't get all of it. So shout out to Amy seeing that, oh shit, she's going to overshoot. And then Tony Schiavone saying, oh, Amy tried to roll out of the way, but you know, she kind of rolled into it, you know, un- unintentionally. They did something. It was a botch. She's inexperienced. She's still learning. She's getting there. And instead of somebody just saying, look at that, didn't get all of it, moving on. They are trying. So I can I can appreciate that. Okay. I, I'm still wondering who Emmy Soccer is. Who is? <laughs> I don't understand what the fuck you're talking about. 
<laughs> I'm fucking with you, man. Jesus I'm so lost right now. What do you mean? <laughs> Who? Amy? Amy Sakura. <laughs> Are you smoking a a a a a Amy Sakura. Huh? Amy Sakura? Amy Sakura. Amy Sakura. Amy? Who? You, you pronounce it. Emmy. Emmy okay. Sakura, not Amy Sakura. Okay. That's why I said who. Okay. That, that was all. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. I don't know. I'm just fucking around with this guy, man. I'm fucking. I'm like, what? I, we're talking I thought about I was Emmy missing fucking something. Sakura, man. I'm like, Joel, what am I, what? I gotta entertain myself. Like, yeah. Like, what am I missing here? What the fuck? Did, they change her name or something? They changed Cassidy's name. I didn't fucking realize that. I'm like, who is this Zaya? What the, who, do they, who, who are they talking about? Zaya. Yeah. Who's Zaya? Who's Zaya? Exactly. See? Anyway. Bro uh, brother Zaya. Oh, brother Zay. Oh, whatever the fuck they. <laughs> Emmy, Emmy, Amy, whatever. Uh, she uh, Julia wins in eight minutes. RJ City interviewed Mariah May backstage. She talked about having quite the run in stardom. Nobody cares. You're in the United States now, honey. Nobody gives a shit. She thanked RJ City for connecting her to Tony Storm. RJ said Storm makes things happen, and he's happy to help. She seemed to be uh, kind of flirting with him, and he had to go, uh, or he had her go check in with Tony Khan. She knocked on Tony Khan's door. Don't know if he was in the office or not. I'm sure he was sitting in Gorilla. Mariah May entered Tony Khan's office, and I believe she may be wrestling next week in Canada. Debut match. She wants to show us what she's made of, bro. Oh, I can't. I, I'm, I'm through the roof, man. Me too. But hey, she has some kind of story. And now we're going to see her yeah, in the yeah, ring. Yeah, yeah, barely. I'm, I'm, hey, man. I got to take what they give me. Uh, well, yeah. Listen, if Mariah May is given, I'm taking. Yeah. What? Ooh, what? Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, hold on. oh my goodness, man! Where has this show devolved into, man? Holy Ooh. shit! Christian Ca Christian Cage. There we go. There's a line of five security guards in the ring there with this go. guy. He invited all, all of them on BTE last week or some hmm. shit. He invited Adam Copeland to the ring. No response. Christian says he knows Copeland is back there. He said he wants to address some things he said last week, so he'd appreciate a response. Nothing. Still. Christian X for AEW to play his music. They did. Out walks Adam Copeland, dead serious. Christian stood behind these five security guards like a coward. Christian told Copeland that management wanted the security guys there, but he didn't need them. Sure thing, guy. Sure thing, man. We, we believe that story? I don't. He told them to vacate the ring, so they did. Christian said he last challenged him to a match on December 6th in Montreal on Dynamite. He said he wanted to tell him tonight that they won't make it to Montreal. They approached each other in the middle of the ring. Christian said, we're not going to make it to Montreal because I'm sorry. So Adam Copeland's facial expression was angry at first, and then it kind of lessened. Christian said people think he's only sorry because Copeland took out the kill switch and Nick Wayne. He says that's not the reason, though. He says he was upset when he saw what Copeland did to Luchasaurus. He corrected himself and said kill switch. Christian said he hopped in his car and went for a drive with the windows down. 
He said it's uh, that would be terrible in Minneapolis from what I hear. It's like uh, 15 degrees out there. Not really a good windows down in the car type of day. Not uh, so much, though. He said it turned into a road trip of soul searching as he tried to figure out how to become the person he's become. Doing such unsavory things. He reminisced about the road trips when they were young, having the time of their lives on the road. He says they knew they'd make it, but they didn't know how. He says they made it and they became the greatest tag team that ever lived. He talked about their world title reigns. He said everyone knows Copeland grew up with a single mother. He said he grew up without a father. He said he's his brother. You might not have had a father, but in turn, my father became your father. We brought you in like one of our own. He says his dad disciplined him like he was his own kid. And to this day, he's still his biggest fan. He says they weren't two random guys thrown together. I love you, man. We are family. He said when his mom died a few years ago, it was the hardest time of his life. He said before... You know, all that, uh, and she passed. She said she'd love to see them tag team together one last time. Copeland began to get a little teary-eyed here. Christian asked them to tag together one more time for your mom. Copeland looked down and seemed like he was considering it. As he turns around to think about it, Christian wound up to hit him with the TNT title belt. This guy's a scumbag. Copeland kicked him in the crotch. Christian went down. Copeland picked up the microphone and said, Nice try, dumbass. He told him to shine up that TNT title belt because next week she's coming home with me. Oh, and I almost forgot. Go fuck yourself. And Mike Manzuri, fucking he, Mike. He, 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 he missed, he, he actually, uh, five-second delay on the five-second delay is what this was. He muted like the next 10 seconds after the fucking Yeah, night. where Christian mouthed it off, you motherfucker, you. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so, so someone's getting fined, someone's getting uh, reprimanded and scolded, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know how much that fine is, but I'm sure Warner Brothers Discovery is not very happy about uh, that coming across our TVs at 9.30 in the evening on Wednesday on TN on TBS. We're live, pal. Yeah, we're live, yeah. Go fuck yourself. I laughed my ass off. I thought it was great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with dropping a fucking uh, F-bomb every now and then. I think it's a absolutely suitable thing to say. But what am I? Who am I? But on national television, I would no kids frowned upon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, man. If I have kids, I'm still gonna drop the f bomb. Fuck. Fuck. I believe that. Yeah, I I do. Uh, I thought this was fantastic. Uh, Obviously, we're getting the match. Do you think you said before, Jesse? You don't think we're getting this match next week? Nah, we're not getting this fucking match, man. World's end. Nah, world's end. Yeah, yeah. So what do we do? We get. uh, Is this? uh, uh, we're a classic uh, Bruce Pritchard, Vince McMahon, bait and switch. Bait and switch, come out. Um, some kind of, you know, Nick Wayne, Luchasaurus, run-in, beat-down attempt type deal. Yep. Add a little fuel to it, and I don't know, maybe get us to, may, maybe have this match get us to a stipulation match, maybe? Maybe we get a cage match? Uh, maybe, possibly. I could see that happening. But, uh, I mean, what Christian was saying here is eventually what's going to happen. They're eventually going to team together again. You know, they're going to join forces again when, when, when the time is right. Right now, yeah, we got to get there's, yeah. there's at least two matches yeah. here between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, main event time. Sort of Swerve Strickland and Jay White. This is the Gold League of the Continental Classic. I thought this match was fantastic. Great shit by both of these guys. Two of the world's best professional wrestlers right here in the main event. 
Um, Swerve is at the top of his game. How long is he going to be able to keep that up? I don't know. I don't know. I'll be on the call for Swerve and Speedball Mike Bailey at Friday's House of Glory show. Hey, tell Swerve I said, hey. Are you sure you want me to do that? I, absolutely, man. Absolutely. After, well, I... Are uh, you positive you want me to do that? We'll, we'll talk about it. Should I, should I go over there and do this to him? You know, do the, the whole fucking thing? No? I, I can't see no. what you're doing, but probably not. No, no, no. But, no, no, no we, we, we won't do that. Right, but we'll talk about it after. Should I offer a handshake? Absolutely. Hey, man, how you doing, man? How you doing over there? Swear, what's up, brother? Hey, man, he's he's a very approachable and very nice guy. I'm sure he is. You just don't like me. Well, that, again, I think it would be an interesting I, conversation. I, I, I don't know. I think it'd be an interesting conversation. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, this was a great match. Went 17 minutes. Uh, I'm not going to break this thing down uh, like crazy. We'll pick it up after the commercial break. Strickland uh, wait was... Wait, 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 wait. What? What? No. What? 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 Who, who came out with Strickland? Nana. On a crutch. He was on a crutch. I must and have missed that. still... That's great. And he's still Oh yeah, he got beat he got beat up right by Paige. He's selling he's selling that still. Hey man. Maybe he didn't get beat up by Paige. Maybe he got he put was... through a table. Look, man. Nana still did this, okay? He got put through a table. Poor guy. Whatever, man. But Poor he's Nana. I mean that would I mean that would probably mean he does swerve when he drives. Yeah, I got it. Probably. Probably. All right, uh, picture in picture here. White was uh, keeping Strickland grounded. Snap German, which looked ridiculous. Underhook suplex into the corner. Strickland came back and hit head scissors, a rolling flatliner, and into a spinning suplex. His brain buster is fucking beautiful, Swerves. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, both men got to their feet. White hit a flatliner of his own, dropping Strickland right on his head. White connected on a snap German. Uh, did not go for the cover. Uh, took too long, allowing Strickland to throw a big lariat. Both guys doubled down. Forearm exchange. White went down. Uh, he was playing possum. He shot blocked Strickland's leg. Hit the urinage for a two count. Strickland fought off a sleeper suplex. White slapped an armbar submission on him. Strickland rolled through, trapped the arm, stomped onto the arm, and did the kill shot. Looked great. Nice snap to it. White was almost sent into the referee, who was Bryce Remsburg here, like last week. And he tried for another low blow, the same way he won the match last week with Roosh. But this time, Strickland had it scouted, hit, hit a big slam. House call, kick, swerve, stomp. White kicked out. I thought that was the end of the match. And when Jay White kicked out, I'm like, oh, Jay White's winning this thing. Yeah. So White bit Strickland's hand and hit a Blade Runner. But Strickland and the momentum of the Blade Runner rolled to the floor. So he escaped the pinfall. White brought him back inside, traded near falls. Both missed more finisher attempts. Justin Roberts makes the 15-minute call to 20-minute time limit in these matches. White hit a sleeper suplex. Strickland counted a Blade Runner into a fluke roll-up for the 1-2-3. And he gets the victory. Jay White shocked. And Swerve joins Moxley with six points in the Continental Classic Gold League. Great match. Yeah, great match. We talked about it at the top of the show. Yep. Um, if you guys missed it, um, I thought this was 
I thought this match was the epitome of what of what TK was going for as far as the structure of this tournament and everything else. Um, you want really, really good matches to build into your pay-per-view to then put on pay-per-view quality, fantastic fucking matches while you're telling stories along the way. Loved it. I think it served all of its purpose tonight. Uh, it's a very good question in the chat. Someone asked, manager of the year, Prince Nana or Don Callis? I'm going Prince Nana. Um, right now, Prince Nana is hot. Don Callis has kind of cooled off a little bit. I mean, other than, you know, do his, do his fire-ass dance, I don't think Nana has really done anything. Um, Callis has been a fucking, you know, a heat magnet, yeah. you know, but he has been, they have been cold. The Callis family has been ice cold as of late. I'm wondering if something is going on with Takeshita and why he's not here. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Don't know what's going on there. We will uh, hopefully figure that out. I missed Don Callis on TV. Takesha should be on TV. But uh, I'm glad you guys are watching us, whether it's a TV, a a mobile device, an iPad, or uh, some other form. Maybe you're watching us uh, on a fucking uh, old-school 80s box TV. Who the fuck knows? Thank you guys very much, no matter where you guys are watching us. We appreciate you very, very much. Uh, We are going to get into your Super Chats right now. Also... Want to make sure you guys are aware, Manscaped is sponsoring the show tonight, man. Manscaped.com, code script 20. Go get yourself one of their great products. I recommend the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Go get yourself one of these electric shavers, man. It's literally the best electric shaver that I've ever used. No more messy drawers full of attachments. It's got 20 different settings right on the razor blade. It's unbelievable. It's waterproof. You can take it in the shower. Do what you got to do with it. Save yourself some money, man. Christmas is coming up. A gift like that is a beautiful gift for the man in the household. Script20 at manscaped.com. You're going to get free shipping on top of that as well. Go and support Manscaped. The more you support, the more they want to be a part of the OTS family. Follow Jesse and I on social media at JD from NY206, at Chi-Town Smart on X. Also, I'm available on Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got 730 likes. I would love to get close to 1,000, as close as we can to 1,000 likes as possible. Let's start off with... Sinister Classic becoming a new member right here in the OTS venue. Thank you very much, Sinister Classic. What the fuck are you drinking, brother? Joseph Taylor with an $11 Super Chat. Jesse, JD, your favorite opening match from a TakeOver event. My favorite is the ladder match from TakeOver New Orleans. The first ever NXT North American Championship. Um, I'm going to give you a a different one, man, because it's jumping off the top of my head right now. Roderick Strong versus Matt Riddle. I don't know what takeover it was at, but it was a fantastic opening match. You already know mine. It's never changed. Which is what? It was um, um, Undisputed Era versus... Um, um, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch? Or, yeah, yeah, Lorcan and Birch, Chicago. And then, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a great Chicago. match. That was a great match. Yeah. Uh, Michelle with the $2 Super Chat. It feels like Brian Moxley will be tournament finals. Uh, knowing Tony Khan, I would not be surprised, Michelle. Hiru with the $2 Super Chat. Whose house? JD's house. Swerve is walking into JD's house. Joey Clemenza with the $2 Super Chat. Swerve's house. Yes. Thank you. 
Uh, Tony Brown, it looks like you guys were in tandem there. Thank you. Uh, Tony Brown with a 499. Not a bomb, just a little love for the young kings of the IWC, JD and Jesse. Thank you, Tony Brown. We love you, man. Hopefully you are incredibly well, brother. Eric Aviles with 13 months. The best Coquito is here in Puerto Rico, JD. Hope to see the new Mustang soon. You deserve it. I'm one month closer to the golden mic. Hashtag OTS for life. Love a good Coquito, Eric. And I got the phone call for the Dark Horse. Next Friday is Dark Horse Day. If they get it, what's taking them a week to prep it? Uh, I won't be able to make it down to Jersey until next Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Eric, thank you, brother. Jason Barker with a $20 super chat. What's up, y'all? Christmas is apparently canceled in New York City. Uh, I don't really give a shit what happened in New York City tonight with the tree lighting. Uh, in, uh, where's that Rockefeller Center? Who gives a fuck? Who wants to stand in the cold watching some fucking geeks put a light, uh, lights on a tree? I don't give a shit. Uh, but I will still celebrate a good AEW show tonight and Christmas later in the year. OTS for life. Thank you, Jason, as always, brother. Uh, Sinister Classic with fourth. Why is... Well, I wish you two would get their shit together. Sinister Classic is not a new member. He's a 14-month member. Still, yeah, Sinister. Still what, the fuck are, what the fuck are you drinking, Sinister? I uh, fuck tribalism. My issue with Punk is he gets yet another chance after everything he did in AEW to be the hero in WWE. Tell me when I'm telling lies. You know, I'm going to shut the music off because I forgot that. We were going to talk about that. Chesty, did you see the promo on Monday? I'm going to be honest, I did not, man. I told you the other day, I I didn't watch Raw. The Bears and Vikings were on. Um, I saw clips and stuff on Twitter and shit like that, but I never sat and watched the promo beginning to end. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. I, 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 re, I tuned into your review. I heard what you had to say about it. If you would have said it was fire and it was something and it was great, I would have went back and watched it, but it turned out, from what all accounts that I've heard, nothing exciting happened from it. So, no, I never went back to watch it, man. Um, I honestly did not care. If it would have been yeah, something Bacardi, great, I know. phenomenal. You, 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 Bacardi, you didn't like CM Punk's promo either. I know. I know. It's uh, it, was a, it was a lame-ass promo. You know, so for listening to your review and listening to the discussion on, you know, TNT last night, um, it seems like it was lackluster. I mean, I, I think I could have agreed with at least, I mean, you don't have to, you know, come up with a quote unquote another pipe bomb, you know, but at least give your intentions of being here. Like, what are you here to do? You know, that's, you, and that's the, and that's the thing. That's what I said. And I went back and listened to a couple of other people that I very much respect in the community. And, and one of them was the solemn monster. He said yeah. the same thing. He said the same thing that I said on Monday. Now we don't correlate notes. We don't talk back and forth. You know, we're live at the same time. So I don't know what he's going to say, and he doesn't know what I'm going to say. Nobody knows what we're going to say. And we said the same thing. What was his What was his reason for being back? Give me something. Yeah. Cody announced himself for the Royal Rumble. Punk could have come out and say, hey, you know what? I'm back. I never made an event to WrestleMania. I want to be in the WrestleMania main event. I'm entering with Cody in the fucking Royal Rumble. That would have been newsworthy in itself, and I wouldn't have complained like I did on Monday. He didn't even do that. Yeah. That's all we wanted. Yeah. We wanted more. We didn't get more. It was very, very tame, and it didn't really divulge on anything, really. Yeah. Um, now, I, I, I could agree. If if this is all he was going to say and do, like, like you know, apparently, which was nothing, I guess I would have started to show off with him. Um, 
um, just yes. to get him See, out I'm of the way. I'm glad you said that because I also said that too. Yeah, instead of in, in, instead of because if, if if I'm waiting to the end to hear what he has to say, I mean at least let it be let there be some kind of some some kind of some kind of headline to his promo, other than you know I'm back. Fuck, I I saw Survivor Series. I saw that you're fucking back. Hell froze over, pal. <laughs> you know. Is, is that what he said in the in the ring? Yeah, that's the first thing he said. Oh, well, I guess hell froze over. It was a, a take on Bret Hart because Bret Hart said that when he returned to WWE after all those years. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it, what 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 was so? What was the gist? What what was the? If someone asked, like, what was Punk's? What did Punk have to say? What was his big announcement? You know, nothing. what what would someone answer? What would they say? Like, nothing. Um, the, a lot of the a lot of the audience was like, well, you you, you gotta give it. Time, man. You gotta be patient. He's he, he's gonna be the punk that you want. You just can't do it on night one. That wasn't my question. Um, if someone were to ask me, what did Punk say? Like, like what, like what was his message? What was the core of his message for the night? I'm home. But didn't he pretty much I'm establish that when he came out at Survivor Series? Well, he didn't say it verbally. He said it verbally on Monday. I'm home. He this can't. is where I belong. He basically right. said he didn't belong in AEW. He belongs here. But did he tell us why? No. Did he tell us what he plans to do? No. I would have. I would. I, I think he should have had something, you know. Um, something. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to compare it to what. Well, what was this when he did this? That's when he did that. What did you come out here to say? Clearly, everyone here wants to know what you have to say. And saying I'm back is you coming out and telling me the sky is blue. We. I mean we. Why are you here? I want to. I want to be world champion. All right, thank you. You know, you know. I mean, we have more questions, but you know, we'll we'll get to those. Hula Grip said he copied Triple H's post Survivor Series scrum, and someone said here also, who is this here? Uh, Michael Evans says it was the AEW debut regurgitated from the first dance. No, he had a whole lot to say. Yeah, he had. Yeah, he had at least twenty minutes to say what he needed yeah, to say. Yeah, he had a whole lot. We waited lot three to say hours for five dance. minutes on Monday. He came out and said he left pro wrestling when he left ROH and came back to pro wrestling today at AEW. He came, he had a whole lot to say. And Jesse he, knows because he was in the building. I was there wearing my fucking punk shirt like a geek waiting for my fucking ice cream bar like everybody else. I'm back Believe home, me. the place that fired me on my wedding day, pal. Believing what this guy had to fucking say, you know? I mean, I was there for it. I was there when he fucking, I was there for, I was there when he was in Vegas talking to me. I was there when he was on Cole Cabana's couch telling me his story about WWE and how they fucked him over. I was there in the United Center when he came back and talked about how WWE made him hate pro wrestling. And I'm just done being there because clearly he was full of shit for most of that. I mean, so I, I just stopped. I, I stopped caring, dude. I kind of stopped caring at that point. And so, and people, let me take this off because I can't. Yeah, one of the major criticisms was like, well, Jesse's from Chicago and he's not going to cover the, the, the biggest name from Chicago. <laughs> so let me explain to everybody out there who clearly wanted to know why I don't watch WWE. I didn't stop watching WWE because Punk went there. I was already not watching WWE. So I know most of you know that, but I think some people don't. I was already not watching WWE. Well, why don't you watch WWE? You 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 you're showing tribalism. No, I'm not. All right, I watch AEW and I cover it here on Wednesdays. 
All right. I watch Impact because I cover it on my channel on Thursdays. I watch AEW when I can on Saturdays and I watch the fucking pay-per-views. Here's my point. I don't have enough time in my week to watch another wrestling company and be invested in it. I do have a wife and kids. All right. So if I'm watching wrestling on Mondays and NXT on Tuesdays and then Dynamite on Wednesdays and then Impact on Thursdays and then SmackDown on Fridays and then Collision on fucking Saturdays, I don't have enough time to watch all of these wrestling shows and still be a father. This is not my full time job. This man sitting next to me covers pro wrestling full time. It is his job. This is not my full-time job. I'm a full-time dad and a full-time husband, and I have family stuff to do, and I cannot commit to sitting in front of a TV five to six days a week, seven when you count pay-per-views, to watch all of this shit, all right? So I chose to watch the companies that I cover, and if I get time, I'll peek in on shit here and there, but usually... it that's So that's how it started. I started not watching WWE every week because I was too busy, and I would peek in here and there when I can. Then that turned into, well, shit. Well, now I'm just peeking in. I don't know what the fuck is going on because I haven't watched in two weeks. So now I'm not enjoying it now because I'm lost. I don't, I can't, I'm not keeping up with it. So you got to watch it more or you got to just stop watching it. So I stopped watching it and people apparently got angry. Like I'm supposed to watch it. I will watch the big four. I'll make it a point. Sometimes I have company. I have a nice little living room area. I posted it on Twitter, my TV and everything else. I have some fucking friends over. We'll have some fucking drinks and watch WrestleMania or watch the Rumble and shit like that. I'll watch the big four. But no, I just don't have time to commit to WWE and AEW and Impact for every day of the week. One of them has to go. And right now, WWE is not on my priority list. I am sorry. Well, you stopped watching because... Vince retired, Triple H took over, and then Vince came back and clearly, yeah. was, clearly was booking the show, and Jesse just said, fuck this shit. I mean, I'm not trusting these people anymore. It's like, you give us one thing that we wanted all this time. It started to get better. Jesse did watch. Then Vince came back, ruined the fucking shit again, and stopped watching again. Now, Triple H is in charge, but at any given fucking moment, that can change. But I think we're in the clear now. So, if Jesse yeah. wants to come back and watch. I think uh, on that end, it's safe to come back and watch. It just depends on how good the stories yeah. are to him and yeah, how not, captivating they are. Yeah. I'm not boycotting it. All right. I'm not active. I'm not staying away from it. Cause I hate punk. I don't have time for that shit, dude. I saw somebody say, watch on DVR, bro. What if I have other things that I want to enjoy in my spare time instead of watching WWE destiny just launched a new fucking season. I do enjoy playing video games. Yeah. I have a fucking nice fucking computer here. I got time. That extra time that I could spend sitting at home watching WWE in my spare time is time that I could be spending doing other things. I just don't want to commit every day of my week to all pro wrestling, bro. Yeah. Not every day. I don't have time. It's tough. It's a lot. Sometimes I feel like when I wake up, there's not enough hours in the fucking day. It's just really too much. It's just too much. It's a lot. It's a lot, guys. It's a lot. Anyway, guys, hopefully that's an explanation uh, for uh, Jesse and uh, his uh, non-CM Punk coverage or opinion on it, you know. They will still hate that. They don't, they don't, don't want to hear that. Let them hate. 
Uh, Jason, thank you so much. Sinister, thank you. Uh, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, Jason, again, with a five. Christian Cage was Adam Copeland confirmed from Montreal. We will see about that. We have a feeling that uh, it may be a switcheroo. Uh, delightful Entertainment with a 199. Jesse, is it true that Tony Khan runs a daycare? Yes. Okay. Justin with a 499. So, unfortunately, I won't be watching Revolution as I'll be in Boston for a Warriors-Celtics game, but I'll watch your review 100%. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate that, brother. Uh, enjoy your Boston uh, trip for the Celtics. Uh, Lucky Geo with 499. I know this isn't AW related. I've been seeing some people on Twitter saying Punk should turn heel. I think that's a bad idea. He's loved. Uh, I don't know how likely that is, bro. Let it play out. Everybody says I'm impatient. Meanwhile, I gave an opinion on how to make the fucking promo he cut better. I'm not impatient. But people are already claiming that needs to turn heel. Yet, I'm the one that needs patience. Ridiculous. Delightful with a 199. Omos is the devil. Get out. Basic with a 499. JD with the Lord of the Rings references. My favorite movies of all time. Thought you were going to go Pokemon next. I don't know. Uh, Fixes a bind with a 100. Thank you, brother, again for your generosity. Thank you for being in the venue. Appreciate your support. Bastardo with a $5 super chat. Hey, brother. Your unforgettable words were played at my mom's wake. You opened up and shared why you can't stand the holidays. It was touching to my family. I appreciate that, brother. I hope you're uh, you're uh, doing well, man. I know it's got to be a tough situation. I didn't really expect to be a part of a, a memorial service, but thank you. Cheers. I hope you're doing well, man. I, I can't even imagine, you know. Both of your parents gone not too far from each other. That's just awful. Yeah, it is. It's just awful. Uh, Shadow with a five. I tried to watch Raw for Punk, but you couldn't do it. I thought it might be the start of a new Attitude Era. Boy, was I wrong. Punk couldn't keep up anyway. Uh, the show that they gave us was not worth waiting for him at the end of the show. It was an awful show. Five minutes. We, got, we had to wait three hours for a lame duck promo for five minutes. Robert Lamo with a $10 super job. I honestly believe if Tony Khan had the elite and CM Punk sit down in a room and talk it out, we would have gotten a much a match at all in, and CM Punk would still be here in AEW. Maybe. Everybody's to blame. Everybody's to blame on why he is now gone and where a lot of people didn't think he'd end up. J-Ray with a $10 super chat. Never thought I'd see the day JD would support hypocrisy related to Punk. Anyone else, the old JD would have ripped him to shreds. While disappointed, I do understand business, so get your money. It's great for your business. Who, 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 said, who said I supported the hypocrisy of punk? I said I didn't care about the hypocrisy of punk. That's two different things. What would you like me to say, Jay, right? Would you like me to fucking, you know, make a call to action here on social media and, and get CM Punk on the channel for an interview and question him about his hypocrisy and why he went... To the company that he scolded for the last 10, 11 years? Because CM Punk gives a shit about what Chi-Town Smart and JD from NY have to say, right? It is what it is. JD has a job to fucking do. I have a job to do. He's better with, you know, he's better on TV than he is away from TV. That's a fact. It's going to make WWE programming better no matter where he is. That's a fact. And I'm going to make money off of it because people are interested in what he has to say. So business is booming. So yes... I'm I, I'm glad that CM Punk is still back on television. So, so there's so many people. 
I, I feel like there's too many people out there. I mean, you want me to? T- I, I, I'm I'm not happy with the hypocrisy of Punk because I've I've listened to everything that he's told me. I believed it all, but. I'm not a fucking sheep, though. I can I can see and think for myself. And after a while, I'm sitting there looking at the whole thing as a whole. And, and I'm like, I can't keep believing you, dude. This is fucking... You guys will believe this guy if he told you one and one is three. And then at the I end mean, of the promo, he said, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. Great. I mean... But you just told I, us you loved us. Right. Brian Danielson came to AEW and said, I'm just here to fucking wrestle. I'm here to kick in some fucking heads. Punk's like, I'm here to make money. Well, that that should that should tell you where people's priorities are. Goldberg was there to make money. Goldberg was there to, to, to steal spotlights from Kevin Owens and The Fiend. Goldberg does not care about fucking pro wrestling. What's the difference in Goldberg and Punk? They're both big draws that don't give a shit about wrestling and want to make a bunch of money. I don't like Goldberg either. I don't understand it. He is a hypocrite. We know that. Yes, and the fucking sun will rise tomorrow. Great. You're not breaking any new information there, man. Yep. Seriously. It's like it's like you're uncovering the fucking uh, uh, the, the clues that led to Jack the Ripper's fucking arrest. Who gives a shit? Right. It is what it is. You know. Yeah, fucking break, man. Oh, my God. You think you're doing some fucking great sleuth job? Great. He's a hypocrite. Oh, my God, man. Everybody else thinks, seems to think so as well. Enjoy it. People say, well, well why don't you watch him? I don't like him because he's a hypocrite. I don't like Goldberg. I don't watch Goldberg. I don't like Punk. He's from Chicago. So fucking what, dude? I have a brain I can think for myself. I don't follow anybody just because. And Delightful Entertainment with a 199. Jesse gets so mad when someone trolls AEW. Laughing my fucking ass off. This is Delightful Entertainment. Do you really? You get mad, bro? Yes. Okay. Jesse's angry. See what you did, <laughs> See what you did delightful? <laughs> Ruined the whole fucking vibe of the show. I'm getting out of here. I got uh, I got some uh, Destiny 2 to play. <laughs> Thank you guys very much for all your support on the show tonight. We had uh, 2,200 in here, man, for an AEW random Wednesday that I didn't really think we'd draw on. Great. Excellent. Appreciate yeah, you guys. That, yeah, we need punk on the show. Uh, thank you guys for the super chat love. Please hit that thumbs up. We got uh, almost 800 likes. If you guys have not hit the thumbs up, I would really appreciate it. Dude, it helps us out in the algorithm. It's all YouTube cares about. So make sure you guys go do that. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Follow us on social media at JD from NY206. X, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Go follow Jesse on X at Chi-Town Smark. Go check out Magic Mind, magicmind.com slash JD from NY. Use that code JDNY at checkout for 56% off your first subscription. And then go check out Manscaped, manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout, 20% off and free shipping on all orders of Manscaped this holiday season. Thank you to both of them for sponsoring the show tonight. And go check out all the other content on the channel. I got more coming tomorrow. Appreciate you guys very much. And we... About to get out of here. Jesse, anything before I uh, blast this music and get the hell out of here? Nah, man. Join me tomorrow. I'm going back to work. Um, I've been I've been on uh, on X, you know, a lot more over the last couple of weeks because I've been sitting here bored and not feeling well, so I had extra time. 
So if I blocked you or was snippy to you, I just want to say, I'm sure you fucking deserved it. Fuck off. There you go. Thank you guys very much. I'll see you tomorrow with some extra, and I'll be live on Saturday. Next time you see me live is Saturday for SmackDown, Saturday afternoon, because I'll be at House of Glory on Friday nights. The darkest hour on Premier Network, man. Our biggest show of the entire year. Until then, guys, I'll see you later. And we'll be back with more news right here on OTS. Yeah.